My name is James Rowlands, and I am a lifelong wrestling fan. In 2015, I started a podcast with my friend, Dan White, reviewing the WWE Network and seeing if it's worth the $9.99 a month. It was. And since then, every month, we watch the latest WWE pay-per-views, NXT, and now 205 Live. Still continuing our journey through the network, watching ECW, WCW, and all its classic content. Until we've watched it all, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, for the first time ever, we can say we're only going to watch British talent on this episode. It is episode 85, part one, and we look at the first night of action to crown a new WWE UK champion. So without further ado, let's go to Blackpool Ballroom for the first round. WWE's had a very special relationship with the UK over the years. England, we are NXT! Power is the inaugural Universal Champion! That's it! One of the greatest matches of all time has just taken place! If there's been one criticism for the UK fans, it's been... We're just not here enough. The executive vice president of World Wrestling Entertainment. Triple H was at the O2 ahead of a big WWE event. We will crown, for the first time ever, from the historic Empress Ballroom in Blackpool, the WWE United Kingdom champion. This is going to bridge the gap between the United Kingdom and the WWE, something that has never been done before. Tonight... 16 competitors battle to define the legacy of a sports entertainment kingdom. But only one can be the first ever WWE United Kingdom Champion. has a beginning. Tonight, you build yours so there's only one question to ask. Are you ready? It is Saturday the 14th of January 2017 and Dan are you excited about the first ever UK champion being crowned? I am excited. Yeah, I'm you know, I've not really heard of many of the names in the tournament. 
But, you know, if the CWC is anything to go by, this should be a brilliant tournament. Yeah, I think that's what we're basing it off as well. You know, this talent, uh, even though we're, you know, we're in the south of England, this talent is a little bit more, I think, northerly as it was. But uh, we saw a promo video. It showed SummerSlam 92, of course, one of the biggest moments in British wrestling history with Bulldog and Bret Hart in the main event. And they talked about uh, the recent relationship that they had with Raws and SmackDowns being here as well and with NXT TakeOver. But... It made me think they really haven't done a lot with us here, have they? You know what I mean? Arguably, would you rather have a big NXT event or a big tournament? Tournament. This feels more like, you know, if it was back in the day, it would be like Insurrection was on Skybox. Not a proper pay-per-view, but they're they're trying to tell us, like, this is a proper thing, this is a proper championship. Uh, Because you get Japan, you get get an NXT takeover, Australia, Canada. Do you think... We've had one, haven't we? We've, we've had a takeover, but we haven't had a pay-per-view. The last pay-per-view we had officially was SummerSlam 92. Yeah. I think that's too long. And I'm not very happy. I, you know, he's talking about Red Stadium there. You know it can hold 90,000 people as well. There's other stadiums in Britain if you want to do it too. <coughs> the new Tottenham Stadium. Exactly. And also with WWE Network as well, it doesn't really matter about people pay, paying pay-per-view the time difference because you could do it that way as well, you know? But we t- you talked about the title as well and you had a couple of questions about it, didn't you? I was, you know, I just wanted to know thoughts on the legitimacy of it. Will it be represented as a US title, you know, like a European championship? Are they trying to introduce a more specific one of them or is it just going to be like the CWC, you know, only competed by British wrestlers? I, I got a feeling, it's, I mean, I don't know what you're feeling deep down is, but I, I, I think it is the latter. It's going to be, you know, only for British wrestlers. You know, Neville might get a crack at it once he's done with his cruiserweight run. Yeah, I mean, but you can, you, it's going to be something that is going to be defended probably in England as well. I don't want to downplay it, but you probably won't see anything with it on Raw and SmackDown, will you? Do you no, know what I mean? Oh, it's no. just a network thing and they'll keep it separate as they do. To start off, we had Triple H in the ring. He said, are you ready? Are you really ready? <laughs> Are you really, really ready? Anyway, that's, yeah. They asked if they were ready. They said yes. And we got this show underway. We'll run down, like you said, the brackets. And we'll run down who each man or, you know, who's facing whom, shall we say. So, Dan, if you want to start off with the left-hand side. So, the left-hand side, you've got Tyler Bate versus Tucker. You've got Jordan Devlin versus Danny Birch. You've got Trent Seven versus H.C. Dyer. And you've got Wolfgang versus Tyson Bone. And what's interesting to see there is Trent Seven is your pick, isn't he, Dan? Or one of your yes. picks. Yeah, Sorry. he is one of my picks. Mustache Mountain. And he is uh, coming out now, as we speak. Yes, uh, the first match is they're just making adventures here. Um, and like we talk about Trent Seven H, he's dire. We'll get back to that in a second. Wolfgang versus Tyson Bone. I should say, before the tournament started, a couple of weeks, well, a week ago or so, we picked uh, two guys each, didn't we? From One from the left-hand side, one from the right-hand yeah. Just to make it fair, because like the CWC, we had three guys. There's only 16 here, where CWC was 32. But I think it's fair, because like you say, with the talent as well, the, the new talent that there. Yeah. So yours was Trent Seven, mine was Wolfgang, and then both our second choices was... Pete Dunne. Yeah, yeah. Which, which really interesting, because we didn't even talk about it. No, no, <laughs> we just chose at random. We, you know, we put our names in a piece of paper, put them in an envelope, Handed them over, opened them up, and yeah, I don't yeah. know why we added the situation, but <laughs> made it more fun. But uh, no, we're quite excited tonight. Like I say, we're live and watching this at a normal time as well, which normally doesn't happen because it's always American time. But on the right-hand side of the brackets, it is Mark Andrews versus Dan Maloney, James Drake versus James Drake versus Joseph Connors, 
Pete Dunne, both our choices, versus Roy Johnson. And Saxon Huxley versus Sam Gradwell. Um, uh, can, sorry, before oh. you go any further, can I just say I hope Dan and James get through so we can have a quarterfinal match? Yeah. Because that would just be a great match, I think. Uh, I think also what we do, like we did at CWC, is we'll pick a, you know, a favourite in the match as it goes along. Should we go well. for our namesakes? Yeah, I think so in that case. Uh, but the rules quickly, Dan, what are the rules? Uh, there are no rules. <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> round one, 15 minute match time limit. Quarterfinals, 20 minute time limit. Semi-finals, 30 minute time limit. And the final has no time limit. Yeah. And we see, um, both, we see HC dying, shaking hands. They come out here for the first match. As we saw the commentators as well, we saw Michael Cole and Nigel McGuinness. I mean, Nigel McGuinness, do you know a lot about him? Um, no, not really. No, he's just a guy who, he, his chance was to sign with the WWE a, a few years ago, but he decided to sign with TNA instead, turned into Desmond Wolfe and then suffered an injury. But he's one of these guys in Ring of Honor and in the British wrestling scene, oh, like yeah. the people we've seen in recent times, yeah. kind of bigging it up. Michael Cole, I suppose, gives it some legitimacy on the commentary yeah. team here in the UK. And as opposed to the purple for the cruiserweights, you've got a red ring rope set up it, with gold you, posts. What do you think of the setting? I would say the ballroom yeah. as it is. Yeah, no, I think that looks good. It's you know, it's a bit of a classic look. I think the ring looks slightly smaller. Or that might just be me. <laughs> I might be bigger. Well, Blackpool is Regal's hometown. And the match has started and, and you'll pick Trent Seven. Yeah, um, I'd just like to say that he's getting a brilliant reaction from the crowd. I mean, the crowd love him. He's, you know, I've picked these on a whim. You know, I didn't really know anything about them. And yeah, but Trent Seven, he is the TS Progress champ, tag champ with bait. So Trent and bait. Uh, the Mustache Mountains. Well, I do appreciate a good mustache, and uh, finding out the Mustache Mountain does exist, you know, I kind of like him. He's from Wolverhampton, uh, debuted in 19, uh, 2009. He's 5'10", and he weighs £216. Well, I, I can see, I, I like his look, and like you say, uh, I think one of the favourites in the competition as well. My guy, H.C. Dyer. Uh, five foot eleven as well, two hundred and thirteen pounds, but only twenty, so very young man. Yeah, uh, he's from Cambridge as well. He's a powerful yet quick competitor, and he trained at the House of Pain. It's a name synonymous with British wrestling, as it was. And he made his in-ring debut in twenty fourteen, which is only you know three years ago now. So he's still young in the business. It's a huge chance for a guy like that, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. You know, and getting this kind of recognition for all the competitors in here, you know, to make it this far yeah, is doubt. a brilliant accomplishment for them. You know, I'm sure they've been coached by Triple H backstage, you know, and been given words, wise words of wisdom and how to sleep your way to the top. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, uh, but also in that way, to having a WWE production team behind you in a way they do things as well, you know, it's quite good. We'll go into the politics maybe in this episode uh, later on or maybe, you know, in the next part about why WWE are doing this to this point. But I think we've got to sit back and kind of enjoy it for this time being, yeah, you know. definitely. You know, I'm just expecting a load of Jack Gallagher's. <laughs> yeah, well, Trent Seven does look a bit like, I mean, a more Bray Wyatt-esque Jack Gallagher, but... Oh, ooh. a lovely spine buster there by H.C. Dyer. My man's going to put your pick out. Oh, no. Uh. But Seven's been in control most of this match, though, Dan, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. And... Their finishers, H.C. Dyer. Do you know what it is? No, go on, tell me. It is the Ripcord Blue Thunderbomb. Fucking <laughs> hell. It's a bit of a mouthful. It uh, is. You know, it's probably a blue 
Thunderbomb, just with a different variation. Exactly. And Trent Seven, he's got a classic, powerful finisher. What's he got? It is the red right hand. Red and right. he's just received a big right hand from H.C. Dyer, oh. and he's going for the pin, but kick out. Ah, and Dyer nearly put Seven away. Like I said, big talk about... Um, Seven's big right hand and die there. And I know what you're going to say, what? but no. don't don't judge me, D'Lo Brown. <laughs> well, D-Lo I, Brown. I would say more primo repico. Yeah, you know what I mean. That kind, he, he has got that um, look about him as it was. Both men, though, in traditional black tights, black uh, knee pads, black boots, just a black tape as well. Really, you know, yeah. real men don't wear elbow pads. A lot seven has the advantage there, but Diet going for that blue thunderbomb. Oh. A lot seven has the advantage there, but Diet going for that blue thunderbomb. Oh, ripcord thunderbomb, yeah. And he's got it. Seven's out. Oh, oh. bloody hell! <laughs> I thought I was. <laughs> <coughs> I was down the road then. Lost at the first hurdle. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Trent. Trent. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. HC Dyer went for the frog splash. Not saying D'Lo Brown or nothing. Well, he went and it was an impressive looking frog splash, but he did miss it. And now... Well, Trent Seven managed to roll out the way and I think he's starting to get a head of steam. Oh, and a oh, huge Is right that hand. the red right hand? Yeah, and then a clothesline turned him inside out. And even though Trent Seven was on the receiving end most of this beating, it was, you know, well, the 15-minute time limit matches. But, you know, he... A couple of very impressive moves, and Trent Seven gets the victory. Yeah, a very nice match. I mean, the fans appreciate it. It's a good way to start. Like I say, Dyer doesn't really get hurt in defeat, does he? You know? No. You know, it looks like he can take a bit of a beating and, you know, finish it quickly when it needs to be done. Yeah, so first match, he's, he's won and done then. And, and he managed to kick out of the ripcord, ripcord blue thunderbomb. Oh. Uh, but like I say, first match, get it underway quickly. We kind of know how the tournament's going to... You know, go now. We've had the first thing. But wrestling styles, you see, are you going to expect any more different styles as the um, night goes on? I think this has been more American wrestling style. You know, I've not really seen too much variation of the British. So, you know, there's been a few things thrown in there. But, you know, I think with the coaching influences from the WWE, they've Americanized their wrestling. And, you know, probably not to try and stereotype them. Because, you know, I don't think they want everyone coming out as Jack Gallagher's... Yeah, no, I, I think that's true, but I do want to see the kind of... The, oh, the I definitely style, want to see that, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm sure there's going to be at least one or two in there. Yeah, and uh, but very impressive, uh, your pick, Trent Seven. Yes, and first match, first one through. So he Can goes, it be a repeat of the CWC? Well, he goes through to the quarterfinals, so we put down Trent Seven there. HD Dyer is done. And in the audience, Finn Balor. Well, Finn. And Joey Cabray. Well, yeah, of course, the part of the OTT promotion and Finn Balor, like you said, uh, they, they talked about him in a promo video as well, you know, being the first Universal Champion. Let's see what, how they go. Let, you know, we've seen the first match not being back a match underway now, and it is Danny Birch versus, versus Jordan Devlin. Now, Jordan Devlin, 26 years old from uh, Bray County, Whitlow Island, of course, the same place as Finn Balor is from. And we talked about him. He was trained by Finn Balor. Do you see rep, uh, similarities between him and Balor? Um, he looks like a midget. <laughs> Balor. I literally... Sorry, I don't want to get too excited. But I was going to say he looks like a grown-up midget. But yeah. <laughs> even that. <laughs> a grown-up midget Balor. He's got midget features. Five foot ten, 180 pounds. And I would say Fergal Devitt training him. And he, he works for various um, 
independent companies in Europe. And we talk about a guy, maybe not a lot of experience. Your guy, Dan? Uh, yeah, Danny Birch. Even though he's not got that much experience, he's 35. His real name is Martin Harris. He was born 31st of December, 81. He's six for £190 from London, England, and he was trained by Dropkicks. Yeah. So I guess that's like a training academy. Yeah. And he debuted in 2003. Yes, and he's been around, um, we've seen 35 years of age, and very experienced in ring. This should be a more, I think, technical start side to this match if we get this one underway. But, yeah, sorry, a little bit more about uh, Birchie Boy. Yeah, in late 2011, he signed with WWE and reported to its developmental territory in June in 2012. He was given the ring name Danny Birch and he made his television debut for NXT. So, you know, he's been on NXT, losing to none other than Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, from then on, he was used sporadically as enhancement talent until he was released in April 2014. So, basically, he was a jobber. Yeah. Um, he signed for TNA... 2014 to 2015, under Martin Stone name, uh, he appeared on the second season of TNA British Boot Camp. So, you know, he's a bit of a... been through the mill a bit. Well, he's been in the two biggest promotions in America, hasn't he? You know, TNA and um, WWE, as it was. And then back to NXT after TNA, losing to Kevin Owens. Yeah, exactly. People like Kevin Owens, you know, and a job in Tulem's not too bad. And also Ty Dillinger. Uh, Apollo Crews. Yeah, so... um, James Storm. He's got a lot. Chomper. But he's got a lot to offer, I feel, and especially in this tournament, because we want to see the young guys, but someone with a little bit more experience. We see the technical side to him in the early goal of this match. Being able to keep, but Devlin's been taken down by Birch early on. Now Devlin making some comeback. Can he get the pin? No, kick out. Uh, even though I've chosen my namesake, I've got a feeling that Devlin is going to win this. You think my man Jordan's going to get the job done, do you? If I was betting money on this, yeah, I'd go for Jordan. Well, Danny could be in trouble. Can Danny be the champion of the world, Dan? And what are each man's finisher then, Dan? Um. Jordan Devlin, what do you reckon it'd be? Uh, the potato slicer. No, it's the moonsault. Oh, right. And who's this guy's name? Danny Birch. Danny Birch. Danny Danny Birch. Danny Birch, he does, actually, no. Danny Birch, he's from London, England. Yes. Sounds like you're from London. London, England. <laughs> His finisher? The London Bridge. Oh, oh, because Nigel McGuinness's finisher, you just reminded me, was the Tower of London. So there we go, see two British wrestlers there. Um, Birch was taken down by Devlin with a side headlock, managed to fight out, but again Devlin wearing him down, and this has got a slower pace in the first match, hasn't it, Dan? To be sure. To be sure it has. Like I say, a slower pace to it. This has kind of been asleep now for the past couple of minutes. Can Birch make a comeback? It's obviously Danny's playing the face in this one. Definitely, yeah, and Birch managing to get the face bust or the jawbreaker. Get some separation between the two, and Birch is starting to get a bit of pace. Goes up to the second rope and a lovely double drop kick. But did Danny Birch out himself there? That was a bit careless of him. He saw him sitting up and basically talking to Devlin. And like I say, the lights are on bright tonight, aren't they? Oh, and a nip up from Danny Birch. Could he deliver the London Bridge? Well, looks like Devlin's in trouble. <laughs> I wonder what the London Bridge is. Well, he's got him now, and that's just stiff right hands. About ten of them. Danny Birch certainly getting a response from the crowd, though. I appreciate it. Oh! But Devlin meets him with a big right hand. A Superman punch-esque. We get to call it the clothesline. 
Oh, and Birch turns Devlin <laughs> inside out. And is that going to be enough to keep Devlin down? No, kick out. Uh. Come on, Jordan, shake the potatoes out of your head. You can get back into this, son. Oh. Birch with a big spine buster on Devlin. And now the, the big knee to the face and a headbutt. Could be oh, it. Oh, no. Birch kicks out. And is that the London Bridge he's got locked in? It looks like a cross face. And he has got it in tight. And you're right, Dan, it is his finisher. Look at the look of desperation in Devlin's eyes. Nowhere to go, middle of the ring. Go on, Danny. Oh. <laughs> Jordan Devlin managing to squirm his way to the ropes and get his bottom foot to get some separation between the two. Well, he's got it. You know, this is a huge opportunity for each man. Neither wants to be eliminated, especially their time in their careers as well. This could be a big jump for Devlin. But like we say, a career renaissance maybe for Birch. He's scouting Devlin now. Oh, look at that power, picking him up in that kind of deadlift German suplex. Oh, manages to hit the German, but Devlin flipping out and landing on his feet. Rolls oh. up Birch, but only gets a two. Two. And like I say, Danny can't keep Devlin down the cradle. Runs to the corner, gets caught with a big double foot stomp. What's Devlin going to do now? Oh. oh, spinning roundhouse kick. And that was beautiful. That might keep Birch down. Definitely hit the mark. He's too close to the ropes, isn't he? Oh, Ooh. kicks out, but he's got a busted up back of the head and that is a nasty gash on the back of Birch's head there look at that <laughs> use hands to do it and that's how dangerous it is I can't remember what movie took to fucking man to do that that was a spinning roundhouse kick wasn't it well Birch did kick out but now because of WWE's strict no blood rule they got kind of stopped this at the moment have they given it to Devlin well, let's have a replay look one, one two. two oh well the, the, the bell rang as we see the replay, referee saying that he well, he did count three, didn't he? We can see it. We can see it in the replay. Oh, I don't know. It look, I, I, what do you think, Dan? I'd say kicked out. I, I think it was well. I think it showed up last second. Referee got too excited. But uh, there we go. Referee's calling for this. And the fans chant bullshit. And, and what a weird finish that was. That was a very weird finish. I, I don't think it was planned. Well, you'd hope not. I mean, the cut to the back was very real. We saw that. But maybe they panicked and just thought it would take too long to stop the cut, maybe. You know. I've no idea. But it looks like the grown-up midget has advanced to the next round. Yeah. And we can see Devlin there. That kick connected right to the back of his head there. That was... Fucking hell. Look at the blood piss there. But yeah, like I say, Midget heads through and Jordan Devlin does advance and Danny Birch is out, but still extending his hand to Devlin. And Jordan Devlin is through, where is my thing? Oh, and to add insult to injury, Devlin takes out Birch. I mean, oh, he's just come an on. Arsehole. Come on now, that's cheap. It's like I say, going to shake his hand and Devlin, that vicious attack on Birch. And Birch already busted and now. Not only beaten, but also his ego's got to be bruised a little bit. And, and the old midget head Jordan Devlin showing his hillside there. Do you think that's his... I don't know. It's Was it a more interesting match than the last? No. I think the first match was much better with the rest of the styles. It was this one just felt a bit gimmicky. I don't know why they did the end it for. Well, why they ended it here for. We see Devlin with the attack afterwards as well. Yeah, it gets him as a hill. Does that mean he's going to go further in the tournament? Then... Other guys, you know, it's a bit of a shame to see Danny Birch going out like that. But is it maybe a bit of a, you know, he's he's certainly well known, you know, if not off the back of Finn Balor, for any other reason. But you know, he's certainly 
a bit more well known than others. So is it maybe a bit of a Brian Kendrick as is like you know Hill, yeah, no, over it, the top pantomime Hill kind of. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you know Birch did that. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think there's a lot else I can say about that. Uh, let's hope you know in the the next match improves and the next match is so the next match is Saxon Huxley versus Sam Gradwell. Dan, which one of these men do you want? I'll go for Sam Gradwell. That's Why don't you tell me a bit about Saxon Huxley, James? I will, Dan, I will. Uh, he's six foot three and 220 pounds, 29 years old from Hartlepool in good old England. While there are competitors of many shapes and sizes in the WWK Championship Tournament, Huxley is far and away the closest to the traditional WWE mould at six foot three, 220 pounds. And as we see him coming out here now, you can see he does look like a WWE-style wrestler, doesn't he? Luke Harper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's got one of the stronger pedigrees as well because he learnt from Lance Storm. And also Lance current... Storm doesn't do the pedigree. <laughs> and current WWE superstar, Brian Kendrick. In terms of career path and life approach, Huxley has very much followed in Kendrick's footsteps, having competed all over North America and Europe over the course of his career. Some of his highest profile matches came early on in his career during a handful of appearances on televised shows for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which is basically the NWA for anybody that don't want to mention their name. Uh, while he stands out for the rest of the tournament field for both his style and body of experience, there's going to be a certain level of familiarity in the first round match between Huxley and Sam Gradwell as they each spent time training under British wrestling legend... Marty Jones. Marty Jones. And talk about Sam Gradwell. Do you see him... Coming out here. Well, the only two career paths that Sam Gradwell dreamed of as a kid were to be a dinosaur and a wrestler. <laughs> and I don't think T-Rexes have good pensions. Anyway, I've made a good choice there, Gradwell told ESPN. He may not have been in a dinosaur suit, but Gradwell's first experience with WWE came as one of Adam Rose's rosebuds during the Raw and SmackDown tapings. At the London's O2 <laughs> Arena in April 2014, wearing various articles of fancy dress. The biggest audience I've performed in front, of, in front of has been as a dancing pirate, he said. <laughs> Bradwell has wrestled in China, Hong Kong, the Netherlands, Isle of Man and up and down England and Scotland, taking little bits on board from each place and adding them to his style of brawling, high-flying and technical wrestling. To make my WWE debut in my hometown of Blackpool is phenomenal, he added. You just can't write a more poetic story... On January the 14th and 15th, you're going to be in a fight with a man who's got his nana in the audience. So if I don't bash you, she will. Oh, so nanny bashing is on the agenda tonight as both men lock up in the early going. Traditional, I mean, as we see, Saxon Huxley, we say it looks Luke Harper-esque. I mean, he's got kind of weird trunks on, really. You see leopard skin there? It doesn't look right, does it? I mean, uh, no, it looks like he's got the bottom half of... Ends up being Cassie's little ensemble. Yeah, I mean, I might, you know, might work a little bit more, but um, Sam Gradwell looks more of your traditional type wrestler, doesn't he, you know? He does indeed, yeah. I mean, looking at him, you know, because this is the first time I've seen either of these two men, and I'd say that Huxley looks more as a wrestler than, uh, yeah, Hux, no, sorry, Sam Gradwell looks more of a wrestler than Huxley. Yeah, at the moment, I think, Especially look, you see Gradwell nipping up there, a nice technical way to get to the arm drag and work on the uh, right arm. But Dan, what about each man's finisher? What do they have to offer in that way? Sam Gradwell, 
Yep. He has got a dead wrestler's finisher, top rope finisher. Diving headbutt. He has indeed, yes, the diving headbutt. And <clears throat> uh, Saxon Huxley, I think he's kind of stolen one here and it's Shattered Illusions. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Huxley's got that. Yeah. He looks a bit, I mean, yeah, at the moment. Uh, the English wrestling's answer to, you know, Adam Rose, Enzo Amore thrown into a blender by the looks of things with Luke Harper as well. But the fans are behind him, that's what they like. And of course he's got muscle cats on his trunks as well, I mean, you can forget that. Do you think he'd rather be more of a Seth Rollins? I, I think that's the well, look about him. But the fans are in love with him now at the moment. And that is a really nice butterfly suplex there by Sam Gradwell. Can't get the pin though, kick out. Oh, uh. Very wisely of uh, Saxon to go out of the ring, drawing Sam out, but trying to catch him on the way in. But Sam's too wise for that. Oh, Gradwell trying to go in the middle right, but got caught. Oh, double underhook backbreaker there. Lovely. Could that be free? No, it's not. It's a kick out. Oh. It seems the uh, fans here have to start to make their own chance up, which is which is great as long as it doesn't take away from the entertainment. In ring as it was. I like being a part of a good crowd as anybody down. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like it. It's in the crowd just chanting, you know, taking away from the wrestling. They know what they're signed up for to go and watch this event. So, you know, they know it's not going to be big names from America wrestling. You know, they know exactly what they're coming to see and if they're just going to be idiots and make super chance. But then you never know. It might be relevant to one of the wrestlers. Well, yeah, exactly. This is what I'm saying. It's the first time we've seen these two guys in particular, and we're not sure, you know, the following that they have. Like I say, Saxon Huxley looks more like kind of kind of crazy type, different wrestling in him, doesn't he? And Whereas, Sam Gradwell is in his home, own home, yeah, you know, uh, his hometown, so he's going to have a lot of support, a lot of people that, oh yeah, that's that fellow I went to school with, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I know his mum or his nan. Well, his so, nan's in the audience, so probably yeah. <laughs> well, you know. That might be Hey Hey Nana. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, both men now exchanging right hands, and this is a. It feels a lot more, I don't think if I'm wrong, it feels a bit more British wrestling to it, doesn't it? Oh, definitely, the yeah. And a match. big U- European uppercut and a discus clothesline there from Sam Grabwell, and he's going up top. He's going to hit his finisher, is he? Flying headbutt. Oh, oh, he hits it! <laughs> Go on, Sam! One, two, three! Oh. Yes, Sam! <laughs> Well done, my son. And a bit of a surprise, really. I thought Saxon Huxley was going to get a little bit further. Uh, well, I thought, you know, but then again, you can't really take away from Sam being in his own hometown. And <laughs> it is emotional. <laughs> no, it is emotional. No. Yeah, well played. What did you think of the match? Um, one of the better matches of the night. You know, it was a good exchange between the two. Short and sweet and straight to the point, I think. Yeah, no, I really liked it, especially a lot more... Uh, like we say, British wrestling feel to it, and we see how it ended there with a huge fucking lariat. We've seen a few of them tonight yeah. already. And then the headbutt, I mean, what did you think of the headbutt style? Brilliant, yeah. Benoit-esque, but, you know, and the way he sells it a bit when he comes up, arm spread, sells it, straight down on the pin. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, yeah really good. And we see the referee, of course, they shook hands before the bell, and the referee raises Sam Bradwell's hand, and we are... Three matches in? How the fuck it? Well, yeah, third match, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, three matches in. And I'm um, glad Sam won the match. <laughs> so we see now, of course, Jordan Devlin's already through. Trent Seven, this is Sam Bradwell on the right hand side, isn't it? So they're going to be doing one match from oh, fuck me. each of the little four man groups, then, I, I presume. 
Yeah, it looks that way as we see the, the tournament. Lariat, followed by the diving head, but that was more American-esque style wrestling. You know, there was a hint of Britishness to it, but, you know, it's nothing that you wouldn't see in a WWE wrestling ring, I think. Um, yeah, I yeah, no, I agree with you there, but I think it's because of the influence that we give to everybody as well that we've got to take credit for as well. Oh, yeah. It? You know what I mean? Like, Dynamite Kid diving off, doing the diving headbutt back in the day. That's the reason Chris Benoit did it for, do you know what yeah. I mean? So, this is a kind of, I like the traditional sense. As we see the graph, and like you say, Dan, each of the four looks like each side's going to be, have a man coming through at the time being. On the left-hand side... Uh, on the left-hand side, you've got Tyler Bate going against Tucker. We've not seen that one yet. We've got uh, Jordan Devlin beat Danny Birch in shady circumstances, would you like to say? Yeah. My guy, Trent Seven, absolutely impressing me a lot against H.C. Dyer. You know, he took a, a lot of a beating, managed to win. And your pick, who could potentially meet me in the next round, James, yeah, if I... you're lucky enough to get there. Yeah. And he's going against Tyson T-Bone. Tyson T-Bone. I mean, yeah. We're both guaranteed a point no matter what happens to Pete Dunn, isn't it? And in the winner of Wolfgang or Trent Seven, whoever gets further is going to get a point for that as well, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? So, it's two on the line tonight. And on the right-hand side, James? Yeah, it's Mark Andrews versus Dan Maloney, match we've not seen yet, and James Drake versus Joseph Connors, who will be one of these matches coming up next. Pete Dunn, both our man's choices, versus Roy Johnson. It's a match I'm really looking forward to, and I think that's going to be the main event tonight. I'm making a call now. And we've just seen Sam Gradwell beat Saxon Huxley. And we move on. Oh, my God. Talk about Dave. So look, there's a Dave. Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor, former... Go on. You know, I keep referring to the British wrestling video that I used to watch. Yeah. Dave Taylor was in it. Was he in it? He was in it. Doesn't surprise me because he is a legend. We're starting to build actually the whole matchup list. (laughs) Yeah, you can have it. If you listen through the whole podcast, it's going to reveal a story (laughs) of the whole event. Yeah, and uh, former tag team partner of William Regal, WSW and WWE as well, is in attendance tonight. Next match, Pete Pete Dunn versus Roy Johnson. Dan, both our picks, tell me more about our man Pete Dunn. Well, he's 5'10", 205 pounds, and he's only 23. He's from Birmingham in England. Birmingham. Birmingham, couldn't I? Birmingham. He's the Progress World Champion. Oh, I know, don't be <laughs> He's the Progress World Champion, and he is the Bruiserweight from Birmingham. <laughs> and despite being just 23 years old, Dunn is an 11-year veteran who has wrestled in 14 different countries. Hang on a minute, if he's 40, when did he debut then? Well, he started training at the tender age of 12, once a week on Sundays in Coventry, but felt he wasn't taking the necessary steps to progress. What did he do then then? So at age 17, he booked a flight to Japan, trained for three months in a remote dojo in the middle of the mountains, eight hours north of Tokyo and a 15-minute walk from the main road. So this is a proper story. Well, that must have been a completely different change, isn't it? It was a far cry from the working-class estate he grew up on in Birmingham, and things have certainly changed in the past three years. Well, what did he have to say then? Well, we have arguably the deepest talent pool right here on this small island, Dunn said. It would be unbelievable to be crowned the first UK champion. To even say this was a thing that was happening a month ago, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> to have all this come together so quickly... Yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> to have all this... <laughs> to have this all come together so quickly and have this huge platform and all this exposure and to be the person 
Whoever that person is that wins the tournament is an unbelievable opportunity. It really is, and he's getting a great response coming out here. And I think Pete Dunn's the guy, like I say, we saw it in the early go and we thought, yeah, he's got a lot of potential. We've heard a lot about him, as we said. He's only 23 years old, but he's wrestling basically, you know, half his life already now. Getting a great reception with the... I mean, what do you think of his look as we see a little bit more of him? I really didn't expect him to look like that. <laughs> but, no, you know, fair play to him. He, he looks a bit more like a typical British wrestler. You know, there's a bit of William Regal there yeah. with the purple coming through. You know, the, well, the well, yes, clarity type colour trunks. Yeah. You know, he's got a singlet. He's... I don't know, he just looks a typical British Healy cot type villain. Yeah. No, I agree with most definitely. He's going against Roy Johnson as the match starts. And they're not shaking hands beforehand, and that's disrespecting Roy Johnson, who stands at 5'10, 203 pounds. 32 years of age, so, you know, he is getting along. Uh, cool, he must have some experience. He, yeah, he's getting along a bit. He's only got two years' of experience in wrestling, but as a standout athlete, having previously competed in powerlifting, in which he captured both the European title and British Open Championship. So he's got his powerlifting, that's what he's got his look for. I mean, a lot of street look to him. You talk about traditional with Pete Dunn, with Johnson, a bit more of a, I don't want to say a gangster type look about him, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That kind of way. He enjoyed a swift rise from starting at the Projo Progress Training School in October 2014 to making his debut for Progress Wrestling less than five months later. Johnson's unique personality and charisma using his grime rapping skills to create some entertaining promos in progress has already made him one to watch on the brick rest scene, despite his relative inexperience. Not wrestling, you know, a couple of years ago to go into like this, it's a level of um, advancement for him though, isn't it, you know? Oh, definitely, you know, he made his rise very quickly, you know, a two-year, and he's already appearing on WWE TV, you know, Granted, it is for the UK Championship, but going against the likes of Pete Dunn, who started when he was 12. Yeah, exactly. But this is the thing. It's, you know, this has been a lifelong dream for um, Dunn to get to this point. Whereas, like with Johnson, he's probably come across it. If I'm it's quite easy, actually. I've been given quite a lot of opportunities. Yeah. You know? Well, you know he was bored a couple of years ago and <laughs> started wrestling and... Yeah, Pete Dunne, he done the whole movie story scene, you know, going to a remote <laughs> yeah. island in Japan, having to climb a mountain with two pails of water, you know, going through the whole lot. And you get this bloke who can spit a few bars, he's got a bit of dope rapping skills, Yo. and he's one to watch in Britain. <laughs> yeah, but I do like Dunne in the early going here, attacking this right hand of... Certainly a Jack Gallagher-esque wrestler. It is, well, it's just a, a little bit more vicious side to him as well, as you see, taking to the outside and stomping his hand on the still steps. You know, he doesn't, doesn't look like he cares about his opponent. It, he wants to get through it, and I like a wrestler like this. I love know? this move. <laughs> I love this move. What's it, like a surfboard? No, it's not a surfboard. Bow and arrow. The no? bow and arrow. And you just lock the legs up, and the way he gets the arms as well, he won't give it up, so you've got to jab him in the ribs so his arms go back. Exactly, it's all about pressure points as well in British wrestling, you've got to understand. He takes a glove off, and look at that bending of the finger, look at the torque on that. Stomps the knees into the mat, and it's just been all oh, Pete Dunn. It has, and can this get over and done with now? Oh, no. <laughs> can you get over and done with? <laughs> My bad. And a kick out by Johnson. Oh. Huge flapjack by Johnson there. And Dan thought he was in control. Maybe he's getting a bit overconfident, Dan. 
Definitely, yeah. And, you know, do you think inexperienced people can still run in the same ballpark as, you know, experience? And even though he's nearly 10 years younger than his opponent, he's still got 10 times the experience that he has. Yeah, but I, I, I think sometimes it can happen to you, like Kurt Angle, someone who was doing something else for the rest of his career that came into wrestling all of a sudden, do you know what I mean, learnt the trade. I think you can be quite lucky like that. But he was an amateur wrestler, you know, he yeah, still had it. Yeah. I know, you know, he didn't have the theatrics of entertainment and so on and so forth. But, I mean, has he been impressing you in this match so far? You know, Johnson just hit the big slowing drop, couldn't keep done down, done kicked out. Uh-huh. But as Johnson, you know, you see him, you think, oh, bloody hell, actually, you know, a little yeah. bit more than I thought. What's his finisher, isn't it? What's Johnson's and Dunn's finisher? Um, Roy Johnson's is last set. And he looks like he's going flat now. Dunn rolls out. And yep. Pete down our man. What could he be going for? Flatliner. Flatliner. Oh, he always That's, likes flatliner. I like that. I like flatliner. <laughs> yeah. You know, that means they're dead. Oh! oh! Fucking hell. And Dunn catches Johnson coming off the second rope with a big elbow. <laughs> and I huge. thought Johnson was sparkled, but <laughs> Dunn only managing to get the two. Two! But just like that, Dunn turned it around, didn't he? It looked like Johnson was getting a bit momentum on his side. He was, yes. Johnson was starting to rise. And Dunn's mission is to keep Johnson as flaccid as he possibly can. Yes, and he's got him now. Got a pump handle, but Johnson manages to move oh, away. He was going for the flatliner, but Johnson responds with a big right hand. Oh! Step up in Seguri by Dunn and... This could be all she wrote now. Oh, I think he's done playing around now. Like you say, I think he's going to put Johnson down. Oh, no. Johnson reverses it. And he hits a big move now. It's like the big ending. Or what's he, what's he calling it? It, uh, it looked like a big ending, but could that have been the last set? Well, looks like he's going for it, but Dunn managing to kick out. Uh, fucking hell, that was close. And Pete Dunn's certainly being put through the mill. He has indeed. Acne and all. I mean, he's still in this match. Well, like I said, the opportunity for each man as well, the WWE Network, over a you know, million subscribers as it is. And he said as well again. And what's Johnson going for? Look like a big right hand. Oh! Oh, but gets hit with a German suplex. Oh, beautiful. And just turns him inside out with a variation of a suplex. Oh, only gets a two count though. Two. A variation though with Dunny. Just threw him around there. Definitely got the power. Oh, could this be the flatliner? Is it? Got him up and straight down. It's like an inverted face buster. A very nice move and very impressive. And Pete Dunn. And Pete Dunn goes through to the next match. He does. He goes through to the quarterfinals. Pete Dunn is through. But fair play to uh, Roy Johnson then. Gave it his all against Dunn. And Dunn had to work hard, didn't he? He certainly worked for it, yeah. And he's... Bleeding. So it's the second match out of four that's drawn blood. Exactly. Showing the scars of war as we go on. And four men through. Four men still to go as well. I mean, what have you thought at the halfway stage of the first night there? Um, 75% of it's been great. As I said, I'm 75% impressed. You know, three matches have been what I've expected, if not better. Yep. And one of them has, you know, probably... What was meant to have been one of the better men. Very, very unimpressive. Yeah, and but I've got a high hopes for this next match. It is my man Wolfgang versus Tyson T Bone. And you can tell my man's from Glasgow, Scotland. Of course he is the current ICW champion as well. Six foot one, two hundred and fifty five pounds. 
29 years old, big opportunity for him tonight. And we see Tyson T-Bone being interviewed backstage. Well, I, I don't know, Scott. I don't know Wolfgang. So, yeah, you don't know Wolfgang. Well, you've, probably because you're not a fan of Scottish wrestling, Dan. Uh, I am, and I will know Wolfgang very well and what he can do in the ring as well. He's a brawler, a grappler. However, given opportunity to fly, he could be in 205 Live, Dan. Because uh, he's just so eloquent. We're big 18 stones behind him. Which Probably going to hurt a lot more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he, you know, he had an interview with ESPN as well, so he's getting more known in America. But it's in Scotland where he really does it. You know, fused with people like Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway, as he is now. You know, and also Jack Jester as well. Big wars, and he's going to be here. But tell me a little bit more about Tyson T. Bun- I can't really understand much of what he's saying. Um, well, he's from Malvern in Northern Ireland. He's a traveller, shall we say? You know, a gypsy, Does whatever say, you yeah. refer to them as. Um, his first alliance with the WWE came as an extra in a barroom brawl between Big Show and Sheamus five years ago. Uh, WWE was taping Raw and SmackDown in Birmingham, where they was also running a tryout and contacted T-Bone to hire the wrestling ring that he owned. <laughs> it was that tryout that he met William Regal. What did Regal say? Um, well, he obviously saw something in his answers that made him interested in him. And, you know, he, he's not really sure what it was. T-Bone, you know, he was laughing to an... Yeah, <coughs> yes, T-Bone said. Uh, I I know a great deal... I don't didn't know a great deal about what I was doing. And he was a late starter, starting at the age of 25. And he transitioned from box travelers do. And he describes himself as a smash mouth with a style very much like a fighter. And by pure shock, that's how he finally got there. And he thought the opportunity had passed because, you know, he's... 32 years old, he's six foot two. he's 242 pounds. Yeah, when he first started, he didn't know anything about it at all, and something he'd only thought of in passing. And he fell in love with wrestling while he learned on the job, and he tried to learn everything he could in the later stage of life, compared well, to most people. Uh, you know, age of 35 as well, like we say, but he is playing this kind of traveller gimmick, isn't he? Re- you know, does it work in wrestling? I mean, it's like British wrestling... A character like that might hold relevance, you know, look at the programmes they have in Channel 4 and stuff like that. Uh, most definitely, yeah. He's, you know, you've seen the Paddy Doherty, you've got the My Big Fat Gypsy Weddings, yeah, yeah, My yeah. Big Fat Gypsy this, that and the other, you know. So they bring up some characters like this. What do you think of the Irish bare-knuckle boxer? Again, I know he's going against your guy, but going against anyone else? I mean, yeah, you would probably put him as a favourite against anybody else because you've got a kind of tough look about him, but... I just don't think he stands a chance against Wolfgang. You know, we see him come out, maybe not the kind of look you might think of Wolfgang. I mean, physically impressive, maybe not to his best visibility, but, you know, sorry, Dan, go on. What do you reckon his finisher is? Uh, Tyson. Tyson. Oh, it's a big headbutt. <laughs> what is it? No. <laughs> uh, it is the jackknife powerbomb. Oh, right. And uh, what about... Kevin Nash-esque. What's... what's... Uh, don't you know it being a big Scottish fan and all? finisher is the howling of course because he's a wolf gang that makes sense and t-bone starts off with a big headbutt but i'm gonna forget that but wolf trying to fight back and early on this is a very physical smash counter. mouth yeah. yeah smash mouth would be excellent yeah but a big calf kick by wolf gang and like we say man his size moving about like that might surprise a few people most definitely yes runs in the corner now and a big high cross body Running across to the other uh, side, up on the rope now. And he's certainly not wrong. He can definitely move like a cruiserweight. Exactly. And, yeah, he's 
Doing really well. Very impressive, James. Good choice. Uh, thank you very much. And oh, your man's already through earlier. We've seen both both um, we've seen both your men go through. Both now. of my men have gone through, <laughs> yeah. and this is potentially your second one. Yes, through <coughs> on the left hand side to face your man because Trent Seven does face Wolfgang yeah. in the next match. That'll be interesting to see. But I mean, don't count out Tyson T Bone. Certainly not. No, you know he's he certainly brings a unique style to things. He's a former bare knuckle fighter, so. You know, he can take a beating as well. Yeah, and we see that there, the way he kicked down Wolfgang as well. Quite easy work. And the fans, let's, let's see what they do. Oh, I think they're definitely in Wolfgang's um, corner, aren't they, in this match? Yeah, not che- they're definitely not cheering Tyson T-Bone. Well, you know, we're, we'll see what the crowd's reaction is come the end of the match, you know. Hopefully the right man will get his hand raised. Well, Tyson tried to get Wolfgang down with a clothesline there, but... Could only get a two. Two. And now he's going to wear down Wolfgang. But Tyson T-Bone, somebody you might see in NXT, you know, sanity member maybe. Definitely, yeah, you know, his character certainly has potential. Um, you know, he's sort of like a British version of Kevin Owens, you know, like a prize fighter. <laughs> yeah, I'm prize fighter for Caddy Derry. You know, so potential in that, definitely, yeah. Well, with Wolfgang still in this match, though, you can't count him out if uh, Tyson gets a bit overconfident and we look like Wolfgang's holding his lower back and might a little bit of uh, damage done there. Certainly wearing it down for the jackknife. No, exactly. <laughs> and Tyson trying to go for the suplex but Wolfgang blocking it. Oh, and Wolfgang managing to get T-Bone up and down. That is a beautiful vertical suplex. Can't go for the pin though because he's still a bit banged up. See a nice gold chain with Tyson as well. And the rings. Can't forget the rings. Ring and a pole. It'd be like a foreign object, wouldn't it? Not like we call them foreigns or anything like that. Not that you can't actually use flat fists anyway. No. But is British wrestling on the WWE Network? I don't know. It, it all depends on where it goes from here. Because, you know, this could be just a one-off thing and, you know, it it just die out. Or it could, you know, potentially feature on, say, SmackDown, whereas Raw's got the cruiserweights. SmackDown could have... The British weights. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And if you see them, now Wolfgang picks him up, threw him down. Oh. oh, very agile for the big man. And he second rope springboard and goes into a lovely moonsault, but only getting the two count. Two. But again, a man his size, see where he threw him down, like the wastelands. And then, like you say, beautiful agility there, but gets caught with a big kick to the head. Oh, he's going for a big clothesline of some sort. Huge release German suplex. Oh. And a big kick to the head. <laughs> Could that be it? Oh. Nid- Wolfgang managing to kick out. Oh. Well, I said nearly an upset. I think Wolfgang's one of these guys that, you know, definitely is going to progress through to the, the next round. But well, can't take your eyes off Tyson at the moment. He throws Wolfgang to the outside. <clears throat> Certainly not, no. First competitors to take it to the outside, I believe. Yeah, and uh, Tyson's doing very well on the outside. This is a bit of a longer match than we've had. Could it be the 10 count out? No, Wolfgang hits the ring post. Eight. Referee's up to 10. <laughs> 10. Oh, breaks the count though. And was that a mistake by Tyson? Let's Wolfgang back on the apron and can he gain momentum now? Tries ramming his head into the turnbuckle but blocked by Wolfgang who goes up top but gets caught with a big uppercut there from T-Bone. And that was a really nice shot and now he's got him in on the Second rope suplex time. Certainly looks it. 
No, come on. Come on, Wolfgang. Fight Ooh. it, son. Fight it. There we go. Manages to fight his way off. What's he going to do now? <laughs> the cruiserweight in a heavyweight's body. <laughs> and he's on the top rope. Oh, Ooh. lovely sent on. <laughs> come on now. Two, Two three. <laughs> and Wolfgang's through. Fair play to that. Well, he's got a smile on his face. We've got a smile on our face. And all the crowd has as well. Very, very, very nice. I'm impressed. Well, I really like that. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, very impressive match. Brilliant performance by Wolfgang and the big W symbols going up in the air from the crowd. But you can't take anything away from T-Bone. I mean, he wrestled a good match for someone who, you know, it was just by pure opportunity that he got his big break into this. Yeah, I, I think it's credit to, even though he's got that kind of gimmick that we know, that he, he quite, you know, did... Did a very good job, and you know, if he was someone around, I wouldn't mind seeing him on the independent scene, or you know, again, if WWE did anything like that, I think he did Definitely. himself proud tonight. Uh, did himself proud tonight. But I've got to say, out of the five matches, I've not really seen a lot of British wrestling. No, I think you know, at least four out of the five matches have been mainly American style wrestling. You know, there was a bit of Britishness thrown in there. In the uh, Pete Dunn match, I'll give it that. Um, but yeah, uh, Saxon Huxley and Sam Gradwell was probably the most British of that. But then again, I think the problem is because it is like a fifteen-minute time limit that you, do you know what I mean? It is going to be a little bit rushed to try and get. I just hope on Sunday night as well because we're going to have you know three matches, but you know we're going to have the, the quarters, semis, and the final. Yeah. I hope they don't just try and cram it in, and I hope the quality of wrestling can be there, you know. And Wolfgang there getting a standing ovation from the audience. Um, yeah, he's certainly impressed them. He's, as you correctly mentioned earlier on in the match, he has definitely got the fans behind him. Yeah, and also I think him and Pete Dunne have been the most impressive so far that we've seen. I mean, I don't know. You know, take anything away yeah. from anybody else, but... No, well, you know, you can't take anything away from Trent Seven. He only hit two moves to win the match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But <laughs> if that's not impressive, I don't know what the fuck is, you know what I mean? And Wolfgang saying, Trent Seven knows quite well what I can do in the ring. So tomorrow night, I'm going to fuck you, boy. So, James, tomorrow night will be the battle... It will be. That's why I'm drawing a couple of pints tonight, just to smooth things around with the first round. And tomorrow, when the business really gets into hand, you know, I kind of, I kind of guess that our guys would go through. We are safely through now. We can just watch it and enjoy <laughs> the night as it is before tomorrow. And of course, backstage we see James Drake doing the press ups, and he will be in action next. What you don't realise is the camera's pointing to the left, uh, tilted to the left, ninety degrees. And he's actually pushing himself off a wall. <laughs> which which is less impressive, but damn it, he's trying. The next match is James Drake versus Joseph Connors. I've got to go with my namesake, so I'm going to go James Drake. And first little fact, not that many wrestlers called James. No, not that many wrestlers. If you think about it, there's a Jim, Jim Cornette, Jim Ross. Jim Duggan. Jim Duggan. Jimmy Havoc. G- Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, not a lot of Jims. Anyway, or Jameses. Is there a James in WWE right now? Mickey James, does that count? <laughs> anyway, James Drake, five foot eleven, hundred and seventy-eight pounds. He's twenty-three years old. He's from Blackpool, England, so this is his home town. And do you know how he got um, got into wrestling, Dan? 
I don't know. With a with a young age, I reckon he was inspired by someone. Yeah, well, believe it or not, like all of us here, we were inspired at young age by watching Triple H and a Rock feud over the WF title in 2000 during the Attitude Era. And Jake joined a wrestling school in Blackpool before he's even a teenager. Before he's even a teenager. Wow. So you know, it's uh, it's another midget head. What's his name? <laughs> uh, Devlin. Devlin. It's another Devlin. You know, starting at a very young age. Yeah, and every week he'd be limping to school, trying to hide his bruises from his parents. And he said he knew if they found out, he would think it was too early for him, and they'd beat him up to add to the bruises as well. Uh, but he started getting booked on shows at the age of 15. He said he got battered for about five years before making his own little space in the British wrestling scene, including a spot with all-star wrestling, and that's Brian Dixon. You know the wrestler that goes around the holiday camps? Yep. That's basically what um, he does. Uh, wrestling close to 600 shows because they basically do a show in the afternoon and evening yeah. and stuff like that as well. So, and But his wrestling style, what do you think James, is Drake, James Drake's wrestling style is, Dan? Oh, looking at him, he, I reckon he's got a bit of Shinsuke Nakamura, a bit of strong style about him. His wrestling style is James Drake. What, right? is, what is that then? <laughs> Don't ask questions. Life doesn't feel right now. Yeah, you're telling me. He said to his involvement in the tournament, he was speaking about it. And he said he's got a lot of close family members in the audience and they're going to see a side to him they didn't think was possible. And I tell you, he's got a look about him as he comes out now. I tell you, he's got the... Um, I don't know, Dan, what do you think of James Drake's look as to move on to his opponent? Are you um, impressed by it? I quite like it. I don't know, it's a bit of sanity with a bit of Shinsuke thrown in, I think. Yeah, a bit weird. Long hair, like you say, vest on. Trunks. Vesto. Vesto. But his opponent, Dan, who is this man? Um, His name is Joseph Connors, and he stands at six foot one tall. <laughs> he's a looker. Sorry. He's a handsome bastard, <laughs> isn't he? And uh, he weighs 193 pounds, and he's 29 years old. Where's he from? Uh, he's from Nottingham in England. Oh, I, how did he get into it? Uh, there are a number <laughs> of ways to channel some of the legends of pro wrestling, but it's highly unlikely that Connors intended to conduct a Mick Foley tribute in losing the top part of his left ear. Fucking hell. Has it, it done much to damper his career? <laughs> it hasn't done much to hamper his career. Connors has enjoyed a tremendous run over the last 12 months in particular. He has become the second ever What Co- Culture Pro Wrestling World Champion in a four-way match which he dethroned current NXT superstar Big Damo. Fucking hell. And he held on to this title until this past November, where he lost to former WWE Intercontinental, who signed James Rowland's Rangers shirt (laughs) at a wrestling event, (laughs) Drew Galloway. Yes, we know. And he also held the Southside Wrestling Heavyweight Championship for the second time in 2016. And over the past three months, he's been in the ring with former WWE superstars, Cody Rhodes, MVP, and Mr. Kennedy. So Connors has been a busy man then. Yes. I, I, I mean, out of two, I thought Drake might have had more experience. And we talk about British res- wrestling as well, collar and elbow tie-up, and now both men not let go yet. But uh, very similar in appearance. And I would say people never seen him before, maybe like kind of Neville in a, in a way, like a smaller Neville, you know? Yeah, and have never crossed paths in the ring. They've never, ever faced. This is the first time first ever. First time ever. <laughs> first time ever. James Drake versus Joseph Connors. Of course, I've got to go for Drake. So, James Drake, Joseph Connors is there trading nice technical wrestling at the moment. What's each man uh, finishing move, Dan? Joseph Connors is listed as blank. He hasn't got a finisher. I just don't think he does anything. <laughs> James Drake hasn't got a finisher. Joseph Connors hasn't got a finisher, right? 
in this whole list, there are only two wrestlers. Neither of them are listed as having a finishing maneuver. They're not. And, I mean, 23 and 29, Connors has been around. But I'll tell you what, it sounds like a little bit more. No offence to Connors. Sounds like a guy who does very well in uh, Blackpool. Wherever the fuck, where is he? Big fish in a little pond. Yeah, he does well with Nottingham. Local promotion. Uh, and then when the star comes, a bit like with us at Rev Pro, when they come and then they got, you know they they face the star that's there. So be it MVP or Mr Kennedy, that's, I'm not having a go at Connors. Don't get me wrong. In the match though, James Drake has taken over. Listen, I mean from a technical standpoint, it's turf side. Yeah, but I've I've not really seen James Drake win any big titles. He's just been wrestling at even smaller events than what Joseph Connors been wrestling though. Yeah, but and at got... least Joseph Connors has been against some reputable superstars and he's f- been worthy enough to face them as a, just wrestling for you... redcoats. No, no, I'm not, I'm not having a go at your man, but I'm saying that James Drake out of them has got the potential because he's still young, six years younger, do you know what I mean? And, and the chance that there's someone on the network as it was, you know, you could see someone like James Drake having a chance in 205, at 205 Live or NXT because he's still got the the build and the the height advantage over someone like Joseph Connors. Who is two inches taller. No, he's not. He is two inches taller. No, he's not. It's a foot. Six foot one going no, against no, six there ain't five no eleven. No fucking way. Look at those. James Drake is five eleven. No. Joseph Connors is six one. Look at the fucking. Weighing in at 193 pounds. So he's 15 pounds heavier than his opponent. No, that's bollocks. Look at the height when they stand up. Fucking Drake's taller than fucking. Well, I tell you something then. We don't have another go at Joseph Connors, but he's stooping. And James Drake caught and slammed face first by the Bo Dallas lookalike. And he's going to get... St- oh, no. Kick out. Oh. Drake stays in there. Handsome handsome Connors, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Connors is the handsome one. Joseph Handsome Connors. Connors is the one standing outside the ring now. He's the one standing outside working on Drake... Over the apron, yes he is. Which of these men will go through? But Drake's still younger, I will say that. Yeah, but at least my wrestler ripped off the top part of his left ear just to be like Mick Foley. I mean, if that's not dedication to wrestling, I don't know what the fuck is. Yeah, because he's careless in the ring. He fucking loses his ear. Exactly. I'm not, he's, I'm not guess. he's not careless, he's ruthless. <laughs> but at the moment, James Drake has taken over on Joseph Connors now. Big right hands making a huge comeback. Anyway, Drake in the corner. Connors oh, fighting back Connors with a kick. starting to fight back. Step up in Segura in a roll up. Oh, oh, very nearly getting the free count. I think he has some trunks there as well. Yeah. Cheating little shit. <laughs> well, Connors still managed to kick out. Oh. And Drake looked like uh, looked like Connors was going for Northern Light Suplex. Drake reversed. Oh, trying to roll up in a pin. What kind of self-obsessed cunt would have himself plastered over the back of his trunk? I thought that was Earthquake in the back of his trunk. I thought it was as well. <laughs> yeah. Was that Bray Wyatt? Uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> a lovely move there by Joseph Connors. I mean, it was kind of like a takedown, but he put his knee in the way, so it was a bit of a backbreaker as well. And then he got him up and face first down, and that's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Handsome Joseph Connors kicks James Drake's. Who's never wrestled a decent wrestler in his life, and he's got his top ear ripped off well, just we, in celebration. Yeah, we saw that there. He exposed his ear. and uh, But James Drake, impressive in defeat, no? No. No? Well, I... <laughs> 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 but all bias aside, yeah. 
You'd hear a good word out of me about Enzo Amore before you hear one about James fucking <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drake. Yeah, exactly. And he will not be meeting Dan. He'll be winning the next match in the next round. Well, yeah. <coughs> out of all the men in all the world, James Drake was the one that really got to you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him more than Enzo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we didn't know until now. But they do raise Joseph Connor's hand. No, fair play to James Drake. Young 23-year-old man who will go back to... Blackpool, well, where he is, he won't have to go anywhere, just leave the building. Very proud. As we see a guy with Ring of Honor t-shirt, and he's holding it up, and how cool is he? Trendy, you know, he likes the independence. But we move on after that, and only two matches left now. But up next, it is Mark Andrews versus Dan Maloney, and this is one of the matches that we're really looking forward to. Uh, Dan, who are you going to go for in this one? My namesake, of course. He's I've picked him. I'll go for Mark Andrews. And my word, has this young kid been busy born january 23rd 1992 he's the most intriguing participant in this tournament because he's probably the most recognizable star, uh, star for north american audiences because up to the last couple of months he was under contract with tna and he appeared as recently as early december on a pre-recorded edition of the show uh, andrew's got to start with a company on british boot camp we've seen a lot tonight haven't we you know what i mean it, like wwe said they want to expand it all TNA, to their credit, even though we don't like to talk about other companies, really did have that idea, especially with WrestleTalk, to try and get it across. WWE has taken it up to that next stage. And this is what Andrew's basically said as well. He was at TNA for two years. He doesn't think he has. Uh, and then he suddenly get, you know, he thought he'd go back to the UK and start wrestling a few independents. And then got his chance here in the tournament. You know, uh, This young man... I think has got a very bright future. We talk about people in 205 Live and stuff like this. I think Mark Andrews is, uh, can go a long way in this tournament. The young Welshman. What about your namesake, Dan Maloney? Eh? Dan Superbeast Maloney. 5 foot 10, 216 pound from Birmingham. Um, and at 19 years old, Maloney alongside Tyler Bate are two of the youngest competitors in this competition. But like many of the younger participants, that's a deceptive number. Why? Maloney has been training in the ring since he was 12, and that approach has led to him developing a highly technical approach in the ring. He has been in the ring with many of the competitors in this tournament, including a recent match involving Pete Dunne, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. Maloney has worked for Chikara in both England and the States, as well as UK standard bearers like ICW, Fight Club PRO and Fight Club Pro, Southside Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh... Like I said, already two years' experience as Maloney and Andrews shake his hand. And Maloney's got a, a size advantage over Andrews, isn't he, in this he one? He certainly has, yes. But Andrews, he's one of the favourites to win this tournament, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would have, I might have backed Andrews if it wasn't fully the last minute. You know, I, I thought Andrews, a connection, connection might not make it through. Do you know what I mean? He probably caught final, semi-final type thing and then get his chance to... Uh, do his own thing, really. His finisher? Andrew's finisher? Well, you're going to tell me, so go on. It is the shooting star press. And it is beautiful as that as well. You should see it. He, Andrew's is a very nice wrestler to watch, if you know what I mean. Like, winner spray type mode, mode as well. What about Dan Maloney's finisher? Um, I can't read my writing, but I think it's the world star. World star? Well, I tell you what, he looks a bit emo, doesn't he? So that wouldn't surprise me if he had something like that. Should be a very impress- interesting matchup between the two. It will, and look at Andrews there flipping away, and again, 
lands on his feet and a big drop kick and I think we should just sit down and enjoy Mark Andrews. 19 years old but he's been wrestling since he was 12. I mean that's seven years experience. (laughs) Oh and Andrews trying to run away from Maloney. Maloney grabbing hold of him. Maloney lifting Andrews up and then just letting him fall down to the canvas. He's going to pin him now. Andrews managing to kick out only at one. Ah. One. Maloney though I mean what's his look Dan? What do you think? I mean at least two now seeing them who would you back? Probably Dan Malone. Really? Big fella, yeah. He's got he has got some size. I mean, how much does he weigh again? Uh, Sixteen pounds. So he's not much bigger than a cruiserweight. No, but about ninety-eight kilos. So yeah, that's, that's not. Oh, and Maloney's kind of slowed it down. I think Andrews wants to kind of fly around. Maloney knows this. Probably scouted him as well. Like you say, he's been wrestling for seven years now. He's got the experience on his side. Day after his birthday. <laughs> anyway, the match is continuing, and Mark Andrews has certainly been very impressive. He hasn't. Look at that flip back in the ring. Oh! And a double foot stomp to the midsection there. And Dan Maloney is certainly in a lot of trouble. Oh, Andrew's backing up in the corner now. Again, very American. Ah, nice slide Northern Lights suplex. Turn it round. Are we going to see something special now? Oh! Standing shooting star. Oh, but Maloney managing to kick out. Uh Come on, Dan. Andrew's definitely got a spring in his step tonight. He wants to impress not only everybody in the audience, but the people at home, people backstage. Oh, nice Hurricane Rana taking Maloney to the outside. Going to see some flying now. We haven't really seen much of it tonight. No, <clears throat> but Maloney's certainly making up for it. And really nice by Andrew's there, flipping in the outside. And then on Maloney and high-fiving a fan. Isn't that nice? He's got time to high-five the fan. Throws Dan back in. Is he going to go through his patented shooting star press? Oh, very wise of the youngster rolling out of the way. Yeah, showing years beyond his youth. Yeah, Maloney trying to throw Andrew's face first down. Caught himself low. I'm trying to pin but can't put him away. And now he's got hold of Andrew's again. And a huge face first slam. And <laughs> a drive-by running knee. Oh, that could have been the upset of the tournament, but only getting a two count. Two. My word, just then... I- didn't know what was happening. And I thought Andrews was in serious trouble. Maloney. Super beast. Super beast. <laughs> What's his finisher? What a reversal that was. Stunner-esque going to the top. Shooting star press. Oh. And James and Dan get knocked out in the first <laughs> round. Boom. <laughs> High five for that, Michael. High five. We would have gone further than our namesakes. We, 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 gone further than, we have gone further than our namesakes. But what an impressive move that was for Mark Andrews there. Maloney bossing it in the late going. If you see a couple of um, variation slams on Andrews. But Andrews managing to pull it out there. Very impressive. I think this kid, I think this kid here, Dan, has got a bright future in WWE no matter what happens. In he has tournament. certainly been the most entertaining wrestler thus far. Yeah, and we see now how the ending went. We see Maloney trying to go for that big drive-by kick. Managing to connect. Maloney out. Andrews through. And one match left, Dan. And that Tyler Bate versus Tucker. Well, we've had Mark Andrews and Joseph Connors beating our namesakes. Yeah. Uh, advancing to face each other in the quarters. That would be quite an interesting match, wouldn't it? Most definitely, yes. Uh, I don't know who we're going to back in that, but we'll cross that bridge <laughs> when we come to it. We've got both our pick, Pete Dunn, beating Roy Johnson in quite a good match. Yep, yeah, a very good match, yep. Yeah. Saxon Huxley and Sam Gradwell. I mean, 
wasn't the greatest of matches. Sam Gradwell, Victor, and actually it wasn't a bad match. No, the diving headbutt finish, Sam Gradwell yeah. getting it. That'll be an interesting matchup to see Pete Dunn, the, the way the technical goes. Uh, and of course, we've got on the left hand side as well, got my man Wolfgang against your man, Trent Seven, which is going to be awesome. I can just sense that tomorrow. It's, there's going to be a lot of friction between yeah. us. <laughs> and of course, uh, Jordan Devlin in the, the worst match of the card so far beat Danny Birch and he will face the winner of Tyler Bate versus Tucker that we're going to have now some quarterfinal lineup. So yes, Tyler Bate versus Tucker. The main event of the night and um, I'm going to pick and I'm going to go for Tyler Bate. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Bate, 19 years old from Dudley, West Midlands. Uh, is that Dudleyville? Is that near Dudleyville? Is that the English version <laughs> of Dudleyville? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, He's five foot seven, so very short. I hope that's Tyler. That is Tyler. Yes. Uh, Five foot seven, so he's quite short. 175 pounds, so he's one of the lightest competitors. And in early 2015, Bate alongside Trent Seven debuted in the American promotion Chikra as part of their tour of the United Kingdom, defeating the Hunter brothers in a dark match on April the 3rd and losing to the Devastation Corporation, Max Smashmaster and Blaster McMassive. I mean, what a night! If we were wrestlers, you'd definitely be Blaster McMassive, and I'd be Mac Max Smashmaster. Max, Sm- change my name by Depot to Max Smashmaster. Uh, in another dark match on April the sixth, in their final dark match on the tour, Seven and Bait teamed with Clint Margera to take on Pete Dunne, Damian Dunne, and Jimmy Havoc in a losing effort. Bait teamed with. S- Seven and Dan Maloney at that year's King of Trios as a team fight club. So, Seven's one of my picks, a namesake pick, and Bates my pick in this match. So, he hangs in a good crowd, man. (laughs) Uh, At that year's King of Trios as a team fight club pro, making it to the semi-finals before being eliminated by the Bullet Club. So, you know, AJ Styles, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, you can't, you know... Got beat by AJ Styles. You... Well, and Young Bucks as well, you know? Yeah. So you can't really say much about that. But you see his look, and it's so reminiscent of um, Jack Gallagher. It is a little yeah. bit scary as that well. Is, I know? like that, though. But Seven and Bate began competing more regularly in Chikra. And on August the 21st, they defeated Lost Ice Creams. I love these names. <laughs> and that is Hijo del Ice Cream and Ice Cream Junior. NRG... Hype Rockwell and Race Jackson and the Devastation Corporation to win the Campeonatos de Parejas. <laughs> How beautifully put. He's look and, and he is a guy that I'm looking very closely at as well. But I tell you what, Tuckalo coming out here now, I mean, I don't like green, so I really wouldn't have backed him if I come out. Uh, but I tell you something, we've heard a good story there. We've heard a good story from, uh, not Tucker Bates, from Tyler Bates. But let me tell you about Tucker, eh? Let me tell you about Tucker. He had a tough upbringing. Tell you that, he was born in Northern Ireland, right? <laughs> <laughs> he was born. Belfast. Aye. Five foot eight, 191 pounds. But Tucker was born with 26 hours to live. He needed tubes to breathe and stay alive. Now, 26 years later, he's gearing up for the opportunity of a lifetime. Like we say, he was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and trained by W Superstar Finn Balor. Devlin earlier. It's the same as him earlier. And we see Tyler Bate coming out here looking at the championship as well. I've got to admire his look. That I is a very good look. look. 
and part of Mustache Mountain as well with Trent Seven, another guy, one of your picks. Yeah. You could have really tossed for these two, couldn't you? You could have had a wee one or the other. But yeah, Tucker, I should Tucker, he specialised in aerial moves and can unleash a jaw-rattling superkick in the blink of an eye. That's his signature move. Do you know what it's called? What is it called, Dan? The Tuck Fast. The Tuck, well, if we see the Tuck Fast tonight, that'll be all she wrote. And the Tyler Driver, uh, down here it's got his finishers, uh, the Orange Crush Combo. That sounds very British. And look at him, look. The way he's strutting around that ring, threatening the referee. So British. This is going to be the most British match of the British. I love <laughs> British wrestling. Well, this, is, this is why it's main event. But he's, uh, Tucker has experienced life has experienced life away from wrestling before, which makes him a scary threat inside the square circle. Because after ongoing a potential career-ending knee surgery, he was sidelined for 10 months. And having his love taken away from during that time, it reignited Tucker's passion for competing in the ring. And renewed focus, he's looking to make it through to the WWE UK Championship Tournament. And, I mean, look how much stuff he's had to go through tonight to get this opportunity as well. You know what I mean? Ten months out, trouble at birth, and tonight he's going to get Tyler Bate. And like you say, Dan, this is a main event to be proud of. This is the WWE UK Championship Tournament, end of night one, main event. And in the early going, we see Tucker taking down Tyler Bate. And I expect all sorts of technical wrestling. He's just got that look about him, haven't they? Oh, my word. Oh, look at that. Early going, already landing on his feet from that suplex, a leapfrog. Oh, it's going to be a joy to call, isn't it? Tyler, uh, Tucker, <laughs> equally, equally as impressive as Bate. Rolling out and showing how close Tyler Bate could be from elimination, you know? And this is it. One loss and you're done. That's how simple it is. Go big or go home tonight. Well, it's sudden death, or on the other hand, sudden victory. Yes, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, even though Tucker's wearing green and white, I mean, you know, I'll still back him. Given the choice before the match started, James. Tyler Bate. <laughs> Tyler Bate? Where was, uh, yeah, oh, Tyler Bate. raises his right hand and delivers a jaw-shattering left. <laughs> oh. Only getting a two count. I said only a two count. Early go, a big right hand like that. Kick out. Oh. Now Irish whipping to Tucker. But look at Tucker there, I told you. Big back elbow there from the top rope. Well, um, he's stunning, Tyler Bate. Into it now. I mean, what have you thought of the fans tonight, Dan? I think a lot of them don't appreciate what they're watching. Do you think they were expecting a WWE product maybe in a little bit? I think they know? was expecting a lot more. Like, you know, the parents bought these tickets for their kids going, look, son, I bought you WWE tickets. And they're like, oh, yeah, sweet. Oh, it's, yeah, it's not I've never heard of any of them. But then again, you probably got a few marks out there that, no, everyone's inside and out and, you know, with the chance and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's a lot of smart fans out yeah, there. Oh, well. yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, there's people that will enjoy this, you know, and as we see with this match here, you know, Tyler Bate there had him in the, the headlock and using his, he's <laughs> somehow extended his leg to kick him in the head. And now also he's got the, the move in, but he's got cavat in because you can see the way they interlink the hands behind the head. That is, yeah, that is something that, you know, proper wrestlers do, if you notice it. It's like British. British wrestlers. It's like that Regal did as well. You notice with the pins as well, like the forearm across the nose. It's all these little things to all these little things to make it look like, you know, it would hurt and add pressure to it, as we see now, you know. But it is nice that we're seeing it here, especially in Blackpool. I think, you know, tomorrow night will be the, the bigger of the nights, but it's nice to get a feeling of what to expect. And, I mean, what have your thoughts been on the overall product tonight? Again, yeah, a, a majority of it I've I've been very impressed with, you know, aside Devlin against Birch. Yeah, that was probably the only letdown of the night, I think. Majority American-style wrestling as well, you know, 
aside from a few odd match uh, and a few matches and this one included. Yeah. But you know, uh, to say I'm, you know, I'm very impressed with what I've seen so far, and hopefully. Things can only get better. Yeah, exactly. You know, like CWC, the first found what it was, and then it kind of improved as it went along. And uh, I definitely see it here as we see Tucker exploding out with a big kick onto Tyler Bate, but Tyler Bate trying to keep him down, but just can't at the moment, can he? That and a head scissors takedown there from uh, Tucker. And Bate looks in all sort of trouble as he gets hit with a running forearm. Tucker going for a second. Oh. Oh, pushed him to the apron, but Tucker fighting back with a slap to the face. Face buster. Well, yeah, it's like a springboard face buster. The impact of that as he's coming in. And Tyler Bateley taken down. I mean, his tag team partner's already through. Would be a little bit of an upset, I feel, if if Tyler Bate was to go. But then again, we haven't really seen one tonight, have we? So Yeah, no. We've not really seen many upsets. No. And Tucker to the top now. Oh, but Tyler Bate running in. <laughs> he didn't land well there, did he? <laughs> and delivering a big elbow to Tucker. Um, just a typically British way of getting out of Tucker grabbing the leg and a brilliant European uppercut. Yeah, and the impact of the move as well. You can see each man, well, especially with uh, Bait with the redness around his, his chest and his neck area. And, and he's giving it to Tucker as well. Is he going to set him up now? What's Bates' finisher again? Well, it looked like he's going for the Tyler bomb and Tucker reversed into the pin, but Bates managed to kick out. Bates back to his feet and Tucker sends him all the way to the outside, a hard landing. And we said Tucker can, is known for his high flying. Is he going to go flying here? Bates delivering a big elbow to the flying Tucker and Tucker's landed in a very awkward position. Oh. Tyler Bates helping him out there. He's a gentleman. Wait a minute. No, he's not. Um... <laughs> But that is why you call it suicide dive, because that's how it ends sometimes. And now, what's Bate going to do on the outside? Should be a kamikaze dive. Oh, going for a suplex, but Tucker managing to escape it down the back and throwing Bate into the stairs. But Bate runs over him, waiting for the impending Tucker line over the top. And, oh, he oh. takes out Bate. Ah, oh, that's a beautiful horror there. And Bate lands on the stage. And Tucker might have hurt his shoulder. And I don't know if that's a, a could be a legitimate injury there. Referee's got to be concerned about it. Most definitely, yeah. And I think the man who makes it into the ring first is going to win it. But Tucker's throwing in Tyler Bate. So yeah. it's going to be Bate getting in first. Oh, and Bate looked like he recovered. Tucker there with another huge kick to the face. Was he going to springboard his way in now? Or is he, caught, is, is he showing his hand too soon, Dan? Oh, diving crossbody, but... Bate rolls through. Well, look at the power. Look at the power of this man. And John Cena style picking <laughs> him up. He is. Onto his shoulder. Oh, look at that. The airplane spin beautifully done to make me dizzy now. Is this the orange crush combo? He's just spinning, spinning him right round, baby, like a record. Trying to find his feet. Is he going? Oh. Oh, no, he's all He's right. doing some squats <laughs> and he starts spinning again. Brilliant. <laughs> It's just like Jack Gallagher tying him up in a little parcel, isn't it? It is, and he slams him down. Going for the pin. Oh, but Tucker managing to kick out. Ah, and Bate here really showing me something tonight. Definitely very impressive. Fight to their feet, and oh, there we go. Super kick out of nowhere. Oh, but luckily for Bate, he rolls out of the ring there. Like we say, Tucker can hit that in a second. 
And that would have been all she wrote. Bate managing to escape more injury. And I don't think Tucker can believe his luck. Like we say, luck really wasn't on his side. But now going to the outside. Can he get Bate up, back in the ring and pin him? Or is he taken? Oh, he rolls him back in. He's going to go for the pin. That's oh, it. Oh, a kick out from Bate. Ah, and he hooked both legs and still couldn't get it done. And where's oh, Tucker going out? Tucker's going up top, trying to finish it. Here we go. Oh, sent on Bomber gets nothing but knees. Bait with a big boot to the face. <laughs> oh. oh, fucking hell. What's that, a Pele heel kick? It Pele was, yeah. Tucker hit Bait and then Bait rolled off the middle rope with that kick. Now he's got him up. Tyler Bomb. One, two, <laughs> three. And that man deserves to go through to the next round. Fair fucking play. The, I would say the best reaction they've got all night as well. Fair Most play definitely. Good. Fans love that match. I love that match. You love that match. Yes. We love that match. The right man definitely went through, and Tyler Bay is one of my new favourites in this tournament, even though I haven't gone for him. Yeah, no, unbelievable, Dan. No, really, really enjoyable. Um, any thoughts about? I mean, thoughts about the match, the night as a whole, as we end the first uh, night of action. Yeah, as a whole, very impressed. Can't wait to see the next instalment of this tournament, and of. Got to wait till tomorrow to watch the bastard thing. <laughs> yeah. Just before we leave the uh, tournament, we see Nigel McGuinness and William Regal coming out next to the championship. Dan, what do you think of the championship? Uh, well, it's certainly British, isn't it? <laughs> They've heavily focused on that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all well and good having a title, but I just want to know what it means and what it's going to represent. Yeah, and we'll find out tomorrow when we crown the first ever champion. We see all the quarter-finalists now coming out face-to-face, asking, yeah, seeing what match-ups we've got tomorrow. What match are you most looking forward to on Sunday? Trent Seven Wolfgang. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say that as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing um, Tyler Bate. Yeah, he he was really impressive. If I'd have known what he was like going into it, I think I would have definitely sided with him over a different competitor. You know, who it may have been remains to be seen. But yeah, you know, he's he well, he's both of our adopted yeah, no, wrestler in it. It's, it you know, it, we yeah. we both appreciate him and yeah, really, 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 really good. And also Pete Dunne. We talk about him. He's Pete our, Dunne performed well as well. Yeah. He's our pick, and he sneaked attacked. Um, Sam Gradwell, just as the uh, show was finishing. That's a nice hill uh, thing for him to do, isn't it? I like Pete Dunne. I think he's yeah. going to go a long way in the tournament. He's certainly getting it, you know, just like um, uh, Jordan Devlin. Yeah. You know, just like him, he's got his hill side, you know, even though he went through in controversial circumstances. Yeah. But, you know. Anyway, we'll, we'll see how it pans out tomorrow night. We're going to leave the WWE side of uh, UK or British wrestling at this point in time. Do something very special as well. We're going to watch uh, the world of sport wrestling. Now, people have never heard of world of sport. But we're just continuing on the very British theme. Yes, it is a British special. ITV, in the you doesn't know, is one of the main channels, isn't it? You know, you got the... Well, I don't think terrestrial exists anymore, well, but it did back in the day. Didn't yeah, it? it's, it's mainly on digital, but, you know, it is one of the... It's one of the original channels we used to have before Sky and digital and, you know, all the other... Viewing platforms, yeah, and and they announced that they're going to have a they had a special two hour show of uh, World of Sport Wrestling on ITV at five pm, and it was New Year's Eve as well, so real prime time. And we're just going to check that out and talk about it now.
been 30 years since World of Sport ring announcer Kent, Kent Walton unleashed his last catchphrase, greetings grapple fans. And by the 1980s, after a long reign at Saturday tea time, British wrestling was on its last legs, weighed down by an ageing roster of Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks and other tubsters able to do little but bump into each other. And dismissed by the head of ITV Sport, Greg Dyke, as perf- personifying the old English working class sitting around the telly staring blankly. It was scrapped just as American wrestling rode to global prominence. And while it was often been on life support since, the British wrestling scene has never died out. A young, fitter performers have adopted the razzmatazz of WWE, while the tribalism of British sport fans have given live shows a uniquely gritty atmosphere. Now, we know this because of the, when we've seen Red Pro and stuff, it has been smaller, you know, it's church halls, basically, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? it's a smaller arena, but, you know, you still can't take anything away from the quality of wrestling and, you know, the people that go through these. We've met some big wrestlers, you know, you've got, you've had the chance to meet one of your idols. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple of your idols. One of them, you know, signing a Rangers shirt. The other one being... Um, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana. Yeah, Sorry, exactly. Yeah, back when, back when I liked him. Uh, <laughs> it's weird that you got off people, isn't it? No, but... <laughs> but, yeah, a lot you said, uh, because of the rise and the success of British wrestlers that we've seen, you know, independently and also worldwide now, Dave Mastiff said, he said, uh, we pushed it on and now it's like punk rock scene used to be. It's not been given the attention to the mainstream best in the world, and now this is their chance to do it. And like we say about ITV, Dan? Uh, ITV in the United Kingdom recently announced that they would be bringing back World of Sports Wrestling, which drew over 20 million viewers back in the 70s and 80s. And that was quite a fucking lot back then. Um, yeah. But then again, you know, there was more watching telly. We was limited to channels. You know, there wasn't much internet about. People was either out. Or in, and you know, at weekends, I was always in with the family. I don't know about you. Yeah, but, you right. know. and then this was the thing you did as well. You know, rest, <laughs> wrestling was a part of the main culture. It was like, you know, your football, you sit down, you watch wrestling Saturday afternoons, you know, 5 p.m., and yeah. then your football results on as well. And you know, and it, that's what it did every week, and everybody did that. You look at the age range yeah. of the people there, old ladies, the men, Well, you'd be the watching the F1, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah, that was a normal thing for weekends, but... A reboot pilot episode was filmed November the 1st, 2016, 
at Media City in Manchester. But like we said, there was a promo at the start. And Dan, what did you think of the the, the promo? Uh, well, it was just showing off all the old stars. You know, you see a lot of big daddy giant haystacks, and I think that was about it. You know, a few other old faces, but you know, yeah. But like, like I say, it's it's back now. It's been given a chance. We know how good British wrestling is, and we're going to compete the WWE product that we have. Uh, and also, like I say, Jim Ross, along with Alex Shane and commentary. Do you know much about Alex Shane? Uh, no. Well, Alex Shane's the guy who's been the former uh, British heavyweight champion as he was. And then behind the scenes, he worked on WrestleTalk TV with Challenge and got the kind of impact deal. The British boot camp that we talked about, that's kind of involved in that. And he's he's been involved. And if we see throughout the night, he's been a trainer for a lot of these guys as well. Uh, but this side of his studio looks like the kind of Ninja Warrior set that we've seen, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's very small and compact, but you know, if it's drawing a good noise from the crowd, then yeah, why not? Yeah, no, that was fair play. And, and the first match is announced, and it is for the World of Sport Championship. And the two men going at it is Grado versus Dave Mastiff. Uh, yeah, like I say, Grado didn't come out to like a prayer. Normally, his entrance theme is that. I guess uh, ITV didn't have the rights for that. And JR said he was uh, like Dusty Rhodes, trying to yeah. compare to Grado. Shane said he was more like Big Daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as we know, Grado for ICW, it's yourself. And we see Dave Mastiff, my man, we're going for this, with his uh, bad promo at the start. It was holiday camp-like. It, it was very terrible, it, yeah. It, and he oh. comes out, of course, with Johnny Moss and Shah Samuels. Yeah, a, a, a man we know very well, former Shah Samuels. Former! <laughs> and the appearance of the, the set in the ring, Dan, what do you think of it? Uh, it, it's quite a bigger ring, you know, it's bigger than the Rev Pro ones, I don't think it, oh, I don't know actually, saying that, it's, I'd say it's slightly bigger than the WWE ones, it looks slightly bigger, I don't know, you know. Well, exactly, maybe the camera's slightly uh, down a little bit more, isn't it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah as a first away, but I think we'll we'll do this the same we did WWE Nitro, we'll have a look at the setting, we'll do the roster and the quality of the event as well, do you know what I mean, and see the differences yeah. between the two. But yeah, like I say, white ropes as well. And uh, we talk about my man, Dave Mastiff, then. Quite a small guy, but he weighs an incredible 315 pounds. And his appearance, I mean, at first you just think, you talk about Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? He you know? looks like he's their love child, yeah. <laughs> and he's sweating like a motherfucker. He is in the early going on this. And uh, born the 21st of July in Dudley. Uh, he debuted in 2002. He's best known for his work throughout the UK. And like we say, we've seen him here, Dan South, haven't we? Dan South. Yeah, in Rev Pro, he's been in New Generation Wrestling, Internet, IPW, and also Preston City Wrestling as well. So, you know, he's been around. And I would describe him as a kind of hard, brutal wrestler. Doesn't take no prisoners. Prisoners, do you know what I mean? And do you know what his finisher is, Dan? Um, no, James, why don't you enlighten me? It is the either the discus lariat, you can use the cannonball or the bomb. Senton bomb. Uh, Fuck that. I know, a man his size coming off the top. And his nicknames is the Big Bad, your Humi Hate Machine, and of course, Bastard. <laughs> well, you know, it's you know, looking through his championships accomplishments, you've got Athletic Club Wrestling, ACW World Wrestling Champion, Dan is gay. <laughs> AWW Heavyweight Championship and BCC Championship. I mean, that is... We see Johnny Moss and uh, Charles Samuels at ringside looking on. And Grado is uh, in big trouble in this match so far, doesn't he? He is, yeah. It's, it's been all Dave Mastiff. I mean, from what we've seen of Grado, he normally takes a bit of punishment and then he's like a Cena-type wrestler, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, clearly not 
And I think that was his sent on there from the top and Grado managing to roll out the way. It was, and massive. If he had connected there, it would have destroyed Grado. Can Grado get back into it? Tell me a little bit more about Grado then, um, Grado, he's, he was born June 1988, so he's only 28, quite a young fella. And he's certainly got a big personality. Uh, he's 5 foot 11, so he's slightly taller than Grado. He's built from the tap end parts of Stevenson. I know them well. Made his debut in 2004, so he's he's been around for you know a good 12, 13 years. Yeah. Um, he got into wrestling in 2002. He trained briefly with Red Lightning, Kid Fight, and Drew Galloway at British Championship Wrestling. Then went back to train a few years later with Scottish Wrestling. Um, you know he's wrestled quite a bit in Scotland, insane championship wrestling. I tell you what, we we knew Grado because he's been on the BBC and ITV in the past couple of years because he was on the BBC documentary about uh, ICW where he's probably had his best success, hasn't he, Dan? You know, yeah. Uh, with the likes of Drew Galloway and stuff, we saw a documentary behind the scenes, uh, and he was on the BBC. There was two documentaries about it. Now his chance on ITV as well, and of course he went to TNA, didn't he, Dan? He did. He spent a little bit of time in TNA. Uh, yeah, he was. Um, he appeared in the second season of TNA British Boot Camp in an ongoing feud with Judge Al Snow. So you know he had quite a high-profile uh, rivalry, shall we say? You know, with quite a well-known face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And after missing the second round of the competition due to having lunch and losing track of time, <laughs> Snow threw Grado out of the competition. Grado would then appear at the Manchester auditions and was once again. He, he reappeared in London with some convincing from Gail Kim. Snow allowed him back in the competition. Snow would then send Shah Samuels to rough up Grado in the second round. He would make it through to the British finals onto the US finals before finally being eliminated at the top six after Snow eliminated Grado from the competition. Grado challenged Snow to a match at the SSE Hydro as part of TNA's Maximum Impact Tour in January 2015. Uh, Snow accepted and Grado went on to by Snow shaking his hand. So, you know, he finally had well, a bit of respect yeah. from Snow and it was a bit of a storyline to go along with a boot camp story. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what do you think? What's your personal thoughts on Grado? Um, I think he's more of a gimmick act. Uh, to compare him to someone in the WWE, I would say like Santino Morella. Yeah, I, I think that's right as well. But, you know, could you take Grado seriously maybe? Not at all. Well, in this match, he's in big trouble. Uh, oh, Mastiff. And like I say, Mastiff missing that big move on Grado. Can Grado get back into it now, Dan? Grado, Grado. Oh, we go now. We see Grado with the jabs, working it. Big oh. right hands, rolling it up like a... Dusty tribute Dusty band. tribute, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now Mastiff's in trouble, backed into the corner. Oh, a big splash by Grado. Can he be getting some momentum? Oh, he looks like he is. Followed up by a second big splash off the ropes. Oh. Big boot. And that found its mark. And can he be the first man to be World of Sport champion for 30 years, you know? He's dropping the straps. Grado could mean business. Oh, if he's going up. Oh, look at that, though. Johnny Moss going up, distracted referee. Shah Samuels pushing Grado off the top rope while the ref was distracted. Oh, come on, ref. Boom. <laughs> Fans don't like it. Can Grado get up? And we know what move Massive likes. Cannonball. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was a cannonball. And there you go. <laughs> and the first ever, first in 30 years, Dave Mastiff is the champion 
of world of sport. Bow down to the king, I'd say. I mean, Mastiff wins with the help of his friends on the outside. What do you think of that match? It was certainly entertaining. A good way to start the show off. You know, the fans certainly love it. They definitely know who the heel is. You know, they've highlighted it really well. Not to be rude to the fans in the audience, but like, you know, for the lesser known fans, made it obvious was who the heel was and certainly told a big story throughout. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know what you think, but I thought that was slightly more entertaining than the start of the WWK tournament. I know it's different, but, yeah. you know, in, in a kind of well, it's entertainment still English, way. It's still British tournament, you know, it's still United Kingdom as a whole and it's... You know, they could have gone with these guys. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to see this tonight as well. We're going to see almost like 30 UK stars tonight. Rumble's worth of them, you know. And uh, it's a good way to start here in ITV. But Grado, I mean, does it hurt him that defeat or would he carry on? No, I think because he was beaten in like shady circumstances, I think he can still regain a bit of, you know, light from it and... Yeah, you know, it's not going to be a problem for Grado. Well, there you go, Max Beasley backstage telling us uh, he got all the show together and he's looking forward to it tonight. Well, Grado's not happy. He's been chitted. Oh, look at that, though. Samuels. Mastiff. Typical heelish behaviour. Exactly, throwing a championship in his face. Grado not happy. But definitely, you know, they've had one match and it's certainly telling a big story. It's a way to start off something. You couldn't have started off better. They know exactly, you know, the fans yeah. know exactly what's going on. And, oh, hello. Well, up next, we have got uh, the winners qualify. Well, tonight, we've got we've got a few great matches. We've got a battle royal to determine a new number one contender for the uh, World of Sport Wrestling Championship. And also a women's match. We've got a tag match. Of course, a ladder match as well. So it, it's, it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be good. What do you think of the commentators? What do you think of Jim Ross? Do you think that adds a legitimacy <sighs> to it? It does, yeah. You know, it makes it sound more like we're watching wrestling, especially the spin he puts on it, you know, referencing some of his old catchphrases from WWE. You know, it's good to hear him. Alex Shane, are you much of a fan? Uh, <laughs> cool, blimey, governor. <laughs> well, are you, you know what I mean, brother? <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say it, but I always find when English people are doing wrestling commentating, it always sounds a bit off to me. Do you know what I mean? I Whenever an English person appears in an American film, you know, like as a baddie <laughs> yeah. or you know, yeah. just like a tech guy geek, they always sound even more British. <laughs> well, there we go. Like we say, settle the battle rule for later. We will have another championship match by the end of the night and we'll be back momentarily when it, the action heats up. Come on, sons. Yeah, we see the promo on British wrestlers. Now, Dan, we've talked about this in the past, but your favourite British wrestler of, you know, of all time or you've seen on the independent scene, I mean, who do you really like? We'll focus on the older generation first, you know. Who's one of the names? Fit Finlay. Fit Finlay? Yeah. Another Robbie man? Robbie Brookside? Yeah, exactly, yeah. We, we, well, they deserve recognition, didn't they? Because like someone like Rocky, uh, Rollerball Rocco or, you know, Finley, who were doing it on the British scene, it wouldn't have been known, would Johnny they? Saint, he was in the match. I saw him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've seen all these guys who are kind of, you know, brought the technical to it. <clears throat> People like Burt Royal. Well, I, mean, I think there's too much focus on Giant Haystacks and Big Daddy in this because I think, like you say, they kind of changed British wrestling, didn't they? It was more the technical that we're used to. Yeah. There's Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah, I think, you know, they've certainly vamped it up a bit you know since the old British wrestling but you know it's it's what made it famous over here though you know there was still a lot of fans a lot of people watching in it 
everybody, everybody was watching it, you know. And we look at um, there's Brian Dixon there giving his thoughts. He's a um, head of All Star Wrestling, the ones that go around the holiday camps that actually do the promotions. Klondike Kate there, one of the former women. She said she got stabbed and piss thrown at her. Not in wrestling, just just in general. You know? Nostalgic flashbacks. Back. You know, look, they've they've got some old world of sport wrestlers there. Oh yeah, where we see Johnny Saint and Rocco, the woman I mentioned, and the old man. Exactly. But next match is Alala match, Dan. Are you ready for this? And the first man coming out is Kenny Williams, Dan. Tell me a little bit about him. Um, he's from Scotland again, Glasgow, five uh, foot nine. Aye. Uh, his build weight is. 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah, and we see him coming out with the hoverboard as well. I like, tool. like the Back to the Future reference. I think he's one of my favourite wrestlers. Um, <laughs> made his debut in 2012, so, you know, he's he's quite green. You know, Kenny Williams, uh, he's active in multiple promotions across the United Kingdom and Europe, such as Progress Wrestling, IPW, Scottish Wrestling Alliance, you know, just to name a few. He's also best known for his work in Insane Championship Wrestling, where he is the current ICW Zero-G champion. Um, his finishing moves include the Quiff Buster and the Satellite DDT, running knee strike, you know, and his nickname. Has he got any nicknames? The Bollocks. Yeah. The what? The Bollocks. His nickname's The Bollocks. That is a great nickname. So there we go. Kenny Williams is my favourite in there. We see Sam Bailey coming out. And he's five foot ten, 183 pounds. He's from Manchester, England, England. And you see he's trained by Alex Shane as well. So another guy who's been through the ranks here. Debut 2006, nicknamed Super Styling or Tiger. It's good, isn't it? Uh, what about the next man we see, CJ Banks, Dan? Uh, CJ Banks is an English professional wrestler. He trained under the expertise uh, of Mikey Whiplash and Lee Butler. After debuting in 2004, he went on to wrestle throughout numerous British and European promotions. Five foot seven. Oh, he's uh, from Southport. Southport. <laughs> he's, uh, he was born in 88, so he's 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, quite young, but been around for a little while. He has. CJ Banks. CJ yeah. Banks. Finishing moves and signatures include the Texas Cloverleaf. And his nickname is The Juice. Well, The Juice, but we talk about this guy coming out now, Delicious Danny. I like the look of this fella. Um, his name's Dan, Dan, Danny Woodward. If you took the uh, D's out, it would be Danny Wooa. So it's an English... No, Annie Wooa. <laughs> but he's known as Delicious Danny. Uh, he's part of a tag team called The Models, along with Joey Hayes, obviously. He's wrestled four companies, such as uh, Preston City Wrestling, British Championship Wrestling, Future Shock... ICW, and uh, where he's a former one-time ICW Zero-G champion as well. And we're looking forward to this match. And, of course, we're saying now all world of sport wrestlers are highly trained professionals, Dan, aren't they? They are indeed, and do not try to copy at home. And they're trying to jump up to get the briefcase, but... Well, whoever gets the briefcase goes through to the Battle Royal later on tonight for a chance to be number one contender. And see what this ladder match is like. Kenny Williams, very impressive. Look at that suicide dive over the cross now. Started like a man on fire. CJ Banks on the outside alongside Delicious Danny. And he's already got the ladder now, Williams. But, oh, that's a big shot by Delicious Danny. Oh, and look at Bailey. Oh, my God. Sam Bailey diving over the touch in the top rope, taking out all three men on the outside. Oh, my word. And Sam Bailey now going to go get the uh, contract. But Delicious Danny coming back in. Oh, and Danny Tassel's there, getting caught by Sam Bailey. Going to try an Irish whip him now. It's been a fast start. As, oh, 
and the typical British headstand. <laughs> lower the feet. Oh, but Ooh. delicious Danny ran straight into the feet. Oh, my word. But a big right hand there. And can now delicious Danny capitalise on that. Get the ladder. Nice blue ladder as the fans look on in anticipation. A very typical British ladder as well. I like it. Oh, my word. That's dangerous. Kenny Williams coming running in now. Shoulder barge in the ladder, literally from underneath delicious Danny. Well, Danny got planned for Williams. Oh, Williams goes through his legs. Big crossbody there. Oh, springboarding around, flying about as well. Something maybe you wouldn't expect from this show, but you're getting it. Yeah. Oh, and here comes CJ Banks. Fucking hell. <laughs> and Banks running up the ladder behind Kenny Williams, delivering a big German suplex and fucking hell. Well, what's the instant replay of that? He must have been about five or six rungs up. And he just jumps up, oh. grabs hold of him and a big German suplex there. And, and Williams, is, himself. Williams is really impressed me. And like you say, yeah, CJ Banks hurt himself, but Williams rolled to the outside now. It could be CJ. There's no one around at the moment. Everyone else is down. He's reaching out. Oh, but delicious Danny managing to get up. Oh, huge super kick there by Danny. Sends him straight off the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and where's he going? The ladder's down. Delicious Danny's getting going to the top. CJ Banks looks in trouble. Sam Bailey running to... Oh, oh my word. Running to try and intervene. Delicious Danny. Oh, Bailey getting pushed off. Oh, Bailey gets thrown down and there's CJ Banks with a big uppercut and Danny boots Bailey out of the way as well. Oh, Kenny, Kenny can't Williams, get back he's starting to recover on the outside. Ladder's getting set up in the corner. Can't reach the briefcase from there, mate. No, he can't, but he's trying to get delicious Danny into it. Danny's tied up in the ladder. Oh, fucking hell. Kenny almost had his head taken off by Banks. But Bailey in. Oh, oh, that's like a inverted Dudley dog. Well, very nice by Sam Bailey. Certainly getting the fans hyped up a bit. It is, and all three, all three men are down, apart from Delicious Danny in the corner. He's climbing on top of the ladder that's set up in the corner. I mean, he's nowhere near the briefcase, so he must be going to try and take out some of his competitors. This is not going to end well for <laughs> for Danny. someone. Yeah. Well, for, yeah. Well, can Danny jump and reach it, maybe? <laughs> and he takes all three men out, but looks like he come off probably worse than the others. <laughs> a lot worse than the others. <laughs> Rolls to the outside. <laughs> yeah, it's anyone's guess who is going to get the uh, briefcase now. Oh, but Dan is looking around under the ring, trying to find another ladder. Oh, what? This ladder's got to be at least 50 foot tall. My word, I've not seen a ladder this big. Look at Rocco Rock, just looking at him, just like, oh, you're getting a ladder out there. I did that 40 years ago. So another ladder coming into... Another ladder. Two more ladders than we saw in the WWUK tournament. I'll tell you that. The match is starting to take its toll on some of the competitors. I think each man has really given it all their all, really, and not There have been some great bumps. They certainly have, yeah. And, you know, they've... I think they're trying to impress everyone in their first, like, you know, event. I hope they don't blow their wad too soon, you know. If they, this is the pace... The fans expect they've got to try and keep it up throughout the whole. Yeah, no, show. I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, three of these men, I don't, I don't think we've seen live. I think we've seen Kenny Williams live. But um, are you impressed by each man here? Uh, yeah, you know, it's been very interesting. And as we're saying that, all four men are on top of the ladder. Uh, well, oh. <laughs> Haley's been knocked off, and so is Delicious Danny. But Banks are there. Well, it's a straight shootout between the two. Oh. oh, and it's just Kenny Williams 
Can he get a briefcase? Kenny, and he does. <laughs> oh, and Kenny gets the briefcase. And fair play. Very impressive there by Kenny Williams. What do you think of Kenny Williams, the match, and all the other guys? It was a very good match. Yeah, you know, again, a certainly an entertaining match. A couple of high, well, yeah, a couple of free high spots, you know, and the end was very entertaining. Again, it told a simpler story, but, you know, for the fan base, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Williams, like we say, getting caught with that um, release German off the ladder as well and managing to win. Very impressed by Kenny Williams. All, I think, yeah, all four men deserve a round of applause because it's a match maybe I didn't think we were going to see on a show like this. You Definitely. Know. And Kenny Williams, along with Grado, is in the Battle Royal for a chance to fight again for the World Heavyweight Championship yeah. or for the World of Sport Championship. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what other men make it up, make it there. But up next, we have got women's action as uh, Viper and Alexis Rose go one-on-one. But first, we had a promo and it showed Rocco, McManus and the legends, you know, people like Burt Rawls, we said, all my dad's favourites. You know, you talk about old wrestlers. and Fiasha wrestlers, it's been off all the names we just said. Yeah, you know, it was, you know, that's what it would be about. And like we say, it's nice to go there. Jackie Palo as well. McManus. Yeah, absolutely. They hated each other. My dad still believes that these two men hated each other in real life as well. The, the legend is that they did. They actually didn't get on, but they could wrestle our, you know, every night. Yeah. It's you know it's like the uh, you know Ric Flair wrestling an hour in the eighties for you know we were doing that in Britain in the sixties and that's the way it was so that's how it happens and I'm I'm very proud of the British wrestling legacy though Dan I don't know about you but I'm not ashamed of it are you no no most you know it's definitely impressive I think you know it innovated a few things as well it was yeah I think it was. It was what it was, and it was good. Yeah, no, exactly. So we go back to the women's action, and Alexis Rose, like I say, sat down. And what did you ask her, Dan? So Alexis Rose, we see her coming out, 25, nine stone, 12 pounds, and she's from Hampshire, nicknamed Lilith. She's from Bewley in Hampshire. And do you know what is quite famous in Bewley? What is famous in Bewley? They've got a, uh, a motor car like factory, like a museum, and it's very good. Oh, it's very good. Well, I must, I must go there if I get a chance. And it's true that she trained as a classical singer when she was young. She started in musical theatre and she was in gymnastics as well, but she got injured as a teenager. So she decided that she could become World of Sport Women's Champion. I mean, the first ever. And uh, to go against the Viper in this, it would be a big match for her. Pre-match rituals, she just likes to stay calm and not eat an hour before matches because you don't want to post eating. You don't want to post eating belly in a skimpy outfit. I don't understand what I mean. Like post-eating is after-eating belly, you know, like when oh, you she eat don't, pasta and hang on a minute. A so she's water. saying she doesn't want to look fat uh, when she, after she eats. Yeah, especially compared to a wrestler like Viper. Okay, Viper. Um, she's 25 years old, 14 stone 13, from Air Scotland. She's the vixen of violence. She's your ex-girlfriend, isn't she? <laughs> I've seen her. She's coming out with that snake. I mean, I knew I saw her from somewhere. <laughs> I knew I saw her face. And I, I hear you ask, who is the Viper? Who? 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 She's somebody you can look at and think, if she can go out there, work hard and do what she wants to do, why can't I? Someone who encourages everybody to pursue their dreams, regardless of age, gender, size or whatever. And, you know, her wrestling heroes are Stone Cold... Well, her wrestling hero is Stone Cold Steve Austin because she wanted to be like Stone Cold, very smash mouth. She's very anti-establishment. And, you know, she's had a couple of bad injuries, busted nose, bloodied lips. But um, That's just from you. Yeah. 
should have done the fucking washing up then, innit? Yeah, exactly. Um, her gimmick is about being bigger, so she don't have to be meticulous at some. Oh. Uh, but plenty of protein, rice, veggies, and then after the match, you get a big old dirty pizza. <laughs> big old dirty pizza. Big old dirty pizza. So it's like the third Scotsman we've seen tonight as well in uh, on ITV. Very impressive, the Viper size. In the early going, they're going to um, collar and elbow type as it was, and Viper just using her power there, isn't she? Yep. And um... But Rose, look at that nip up. Saying, come on, bring it, bitch. Anything, sorry, anything else about the Viper? Uh, promo crowds, royalty. No, no, that's not that. <laughs> no. So what do you think of Viper? Who are you more impressed with their look, Viper or Rose? I think Viper. You know, coming out there with a snake, old bigger net. Big <laughs> <laughs> old bigger net. <laughs> but no, you know, um, I think Rose looks like the missing... Uh, Bella Twin. Oh, do you think she's going for that gimmick? I think so, yeah. Well, she's impressive now, though. Rolling, da- rolling down, uh, spinning down off the top right, going with a kick with Viper. Oh, but doesn't get very far with Viper, does she? No, she doesn't. And Viper stops her in her tracks with a big drop kick. Body. Cross body. She Cross does. Body drop kick. <laughs> she, does, she, she does indeed. Squashes Rose and now Viper working on the back. I wouldn't want to meet Viper in a dark alley. Viper's got a side headlock on Rose, and Rose is in a little bit of trouble now. Has she bitten off more than she can chew? Um, not as much as the Viper has. Oh. But she's managing to fight her way out of this, and a bit of steam back. Oh, my but word. just one big elbow from the Viper, and that puts her down. I thought you'd like the Viper because of her name. Yeah. What? I do like the Viper. Randy Orton or the Viper? Or Viper? Who would you have sex with? Uh, oh. <laughs> We'd have to fuck one and fight one. Yeah. I'd fuck Viper and uh, fight one. No, you would. <laughs> Who's fucking who? It? <laughs> if it's random. Of course you're getting fucked oh, by Randy Orton. but a big crossbody by Viper taking oh. a rose and a two count there. Two and all seriousness. Yeah, I mean, Viper very impressive in the early going. And nearly wiping out Rose. Rose just hanging in there low. She's got the crowd behind her. I guess Viper is playing a hill in this one. If you could sign one of them to the WWE, which one would it be? God, look at that big wet Fucking hell, look at that camera angle, yeah. <laughs> she was all gusset wet. Um, if I was going to sign one, I'd sign Viper. Her look would be good. And even if you wanted her to get destroyed by Nia Jax or someone like that, it would be look quite impressive I as think well, she'd you know? destroy Nia Jax. I'd, I'd, it would be a very good matchup, you know, going against someone like Oscar. It would be, I was just about to say that, she'd be good against Oscar, you know, taking and absorbing a lot of pain and punishment and, yeah. And it's good that the women are getting the chance. But do it, you think it's annoying that, sorry to interrupt, right, but the bigger people are always the hill? Uh, yeah, it does in a way. Because, but then again, you can't really have it. We saw Diesel's title reign when he was a face. And that size advantage just looks kind of weak, doesn't he, when he's getting beaten down, I suppose. So yeah. it, it, it's, yeah, I think it could work if you're a bigger guy and you've just outnumbered all the time. Do you know what I mean? You're going against like six or seven people. <laughs> Maybe it seems a bit Not more. Braun Strowman. Yeah, exactly like that. But I think it's nice for the women to get a chance in, in this show, you know, World of Sport. Because even back in the day, like we see Klondike Kate, very much like Viper, girl, there weren't really that many good technical women wrestling, you know. And, and now, as we know the state of it with Becky Lynch and people like this, we know how good the British wrestling scene for women is as well. Oh, and a second rope springboard by Rose. But Viper, even though she's got some size, managing to get it all out of the way and dodging that. Oh, oh and a running senton. That's, this could be it. That's got to be over. Viper making 
relatively easy work of Rose. I mean, she had a little bit of a flurry, but it was mainly the Viper with her big moves. It was, and uh, Viper very, very impressive. And as you go forward, you can see her being of quite a big star, you know, on the British scene. And Rose, like, like I say, bit, bit underwhelming for her, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. How much better do they have to be to be signed up by NXT? Because I have some. Uh, yeah, I think Viper's ready. I think if you if you compare this level to um ah oh, fucking hell, what the Australian girls' names, uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. Yeah, I think these girls are on a better level than they are. Then uh, uh, they are, but it might just be a case of her appearance as well. I mean, it's difficult to say, but I'm very impressed with the women here. And with that, we see the promo. For the, uh, the talk about the crowds, the kind of people that used to have in the royalty, that's the Queen, and you know, people that were fans of British Wrestling Day, yeah. weren't they? And of course, the attires, the glitz and the glamour that we had. I think, with one thing, they're slightly over exaggerating things, but I think that's for the fans. Yeah. yeah because, yeah. you know, they're not well known, so they're, you know, going slightly over the top with their gimmicks and. You know, just stamping it up and hamming it up, should we say? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there is a, a sense of a thing, like pantomime. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, very. Yeah, it, it's the kind of thing of uh, you know, you, you cheer the good guy, you boo the bad guys, but you enjoy doing it as well. And it's a part of the, you're watching it for a story and entertainment value as much as you are for the good wrestling as well. And like we've seen for the first, this is the first half now done. What what have you thought of the first forty five minutes of the? Uh, or what have you thought of the first hour of the showdown? It has certainly been very very entertaining. It, it has <laughs> surprisingly so. Uh, yeah, I'm mildly surprised, but you know, it's I'm not overly surprised if you know what I mean. No, I've, yeah, I've you... com- from what I've seen from Rev Pro, you know, there's things that they do, and it's yeah, yeah. But you're more things. you're from more familiar with this talent. On this show, than maybe the WUK tournament. Most definitely, yeah. I've heard of more in the first match than I have in the whole British tournament. Yeah. But what have you thought of the two compared? What one do you like better at the moment? Do you know what I mean? If you could watch, if you want to watch the first half, second half of either show, which one would you watch first? Um, I'd watch this first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good because we will watch the second part of this first on the part two of episode eighty-five. Just quickly, want to talk about news stories before we go, because there's been three big news stories. First one, Dan. Uh, the first one is the unfortunate passing of Jimmy Snooker, but some might not think it's unfortunate. Some might think he is a wife killer. Look, I, 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 my thoughts on this are quite clear. Like I say, he was going to go troll if he wasn't fit enough. He's now dead, can't do that. I'm not in for looking at life, of celebrating someone's life, when you've got that history, it's the same with Chris Benoit or someone like this. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm not going to do it. But yeah, he has, he's passed away. So be it. That is Jimmy Snooker. But there ain't going to be a uh, episode looking at his life. And you know what I mean? I'm not even going to look at it. Second bit of news story, Daniel, favourite Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton pissed off a fan in the gym. When uh, the guy asked for his autograph, Randy Orton said no. The guy got pissy about it. Still took his picture, posted it on Twitter. Randy Orton went on Twitter and basically said, I've been doing this for 14 years and I don't know why that. You know, I acted this way as well. You need to get over yourself. I mean, Dan, what do you think? Do you think Randy Orton's right or wrong? I think he's right. Well, I think there is. I think if the, if you go to, I mean, it depends. If, you, if you're at the gym, you see, if you're at the gym, Dan, you see Randy Orton, are you yeah. going to go up to him and ask for the autograph? Of course I would. Oh, cool. oh, yeah, exactly. So how, how can, and if he said fuck off to you, how would that make you feel? Well, Randy Orton just told me to fuck off. <laughs> 
<laughs> my phone would have been out and I'd have already either been filming it or I'd have, or I'd have fucking taken a picture. Well, that's it. I mean, it's a bit of this and that, isn't it? You know, you've got to do it right way. You wait till I'll ask him to RKO me. Well, no, you wait till Orton finishes and then when he's leaving, you just say, oh, excuse me, can you just yeah. sign this? Uh, and if he still says fuck off, then you think, oh, a bit of a Or if, but... like, you know, if he's in the showers and I'm next to him <laughs> and I catch a little glimpse... And what? It's not going to make me gay, is it? Well, no, it's not. I suppose not, no. Um, the third story and the biggest story of the week. Dan, go on, take um, it away. Kurt Angle is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. He is the main headline act of the 2017 HOA. He is. He is my, my, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. It's f- maybe 2017 will be my year. We've had all the Dan's and uh, Jared's favourites coming there, and now we've got Kurt Angle coming back. Fantastic wrestler. I can announce well, the two men that we just talked about will be doing a special on each one as well. Uh, we do Kurt Angle special looking at his career, and we're going to do Randy. Well, Dan's going to do Dan Last Randy special anyway. That will be coming up. Um, we can look forward to that. But Kurt Angle so deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, so deserves to come back. It's been 11 years since he's gone. But wouldn't you rather see him come back and then, like, you know, spend a year in the WWE and then get inducted in 2018? No, because what about if he fails a drug test or he breaks his neck or something horrible happens? Get him in the Hall of Fame as soon as you can. And then if he wants to wrestle after that, if he can wrestle after that, let him do it. Just Angle needs to be back. He needs to, He tweeted... Uh, I'm coming home and he is coming home he deserves to be there and it's great that everybody can talk about Kurt Angle again because he fucking deserves it it's it's a great shout isn't it you know what I mean yeah, oh yeah it's definitely a great shout but I'd I'd sooner see him come back you know for a year would you, would you rather him come back surprise appearance in the Rumble as opposed to yeah. announce the way oh, he was now yeah. do you know what I mean but then you know they might have different plans for the Rumble you know see him come back at the Wrestlemania or something you know someone yeah, yeah. When he's or when he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, have a wrestler shout out something, and you know, Kurt Angle like what? Yeah, and then, like you know, I know it, it depends if he can wrestle or not. I already said that I think he'll come back as uh, general manager of Raw once he, repla- he will replace Mick Foley. If he can, that'd be fantastic as well. So before we go, I uh, just want to give out a couple of shout outs because we've had a great response in January as well. We're going to give shout-outs to a few people. I'm going to give a shout out first to my main man uh, Sean B. Just want to say we've been. He's been on Twitter, on uh, iTunes as well. And we just like to thank you for your support. And if we make you laugh, thank you very much. And we hope you enjoy Think Don't back catalogue of stuff. Go back to listen to it. And, of course, we're in the future. We're going to be looking at everything from 1997 uh, and the ongoing as well. We've got the WNR50 coming up. But, Dan, do you want to give a couple of... WNR50? Sorry, we've got the WNR100 coming up soon, which is the granddaddy more. I know we've got WrestleMania, but this is bigger and better. Uh... But we're going to give a couple another shout out. So that's you, Sean B. I'm not going to pronounce your surname just in case I call you a bad word. But uh, Dan, a couple other people that you'd like to mention? Uh, Joseph Berktold. Oh, good old Joseph. Always on Google Plus, liking everything. We like him. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Evans. Oh, who can forget Jimmy Evans? You. Elena Macaris. Yeah, new fans coming. Retweet, uh, tweeted us the other day. Yeah. Yeah, the polls uh, are on Google Plus. If you want to go in there and vote for everything. We just want to recap everything that we said. We've got the Royal Rumble fast approaching. We asked everybody what their match they're most looking forward to is. And at the moment, with uh, 68% is... The Royal Rumble match it itself. Is, it is. And the second match, well, it's interesting. A tie 14% between Styles and Cena and Owens and Reigns. So people want to see both matches. Both heavyweight championships. Would be, you know, you want to see Cena a little bit more with Styles. But hey-ho, we continue. And also we asked everybody what they thought 
uh, was a better Rumble, Rumble 2007, Rumble 1997. At the moment, Rumble 97 is in the lead, 56% to 44%. And also we asked what you thought was a better show between the WUK Championship and the British World of Sport Wrestling. And we'll give you the results of that at the end of next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that is it for part one. And we'll be back for part two uh, to look at everything UK. Before we go, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWNetworkView or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review or you can come and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. We're across all the Google platforms like we say we're doing the polls and everything like that on Google Plus, the WWE Network Review. Send us an email to WNRpodcast.gmail.com and of course YouTube as well. There's numerous ways you can listen to us. We're on SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on the podcast charts as well. I found out last night. Very exciting. And also iTunes. You can download, subscribe, rate and review there. Thanks for your support. We'll be back for part two in just a few short days. I have been Jay's Rollins. And as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 